Jesus Christ, you people suck. Wow. Wolverine on a tangent. Back in the days when we played video games, it was hardcore for the nerdy and lazy. Now things have changed, and all our video games are also for the casual and lady. But that's okay, you know the score. We told you a million times before. Playing consoles, not just games, is in the past. You make me feel weird now when I say it. <laughs> it's time for another week of Info G Radio. G Radio. <laughs> hey, Radio. I, I was in the wrong tab. It's episode 607 for June 22nd, 2020. It's just me and Anthony this week because everybody yep, else is out. The, the skippable episode. Yeah, you can skip this one. This is Although, the subtitle. <laughs> I did get a request from a listener this week, and I and I actually did it. Um, he said he'd been listening to the show for a long time, and he was not able to download it because it was not on a service called Stitcher because he had an Android phone. Oh, see, I'm on an Android phone, but I use a service called um, Yep Castbox. That's what it's called. So I added us to Stitcher this morning. Welcome, Stitcher listeners. <laughs> so you can you can now search us on Stitcher. I think it's gonna take a couple. It told me it would take a couple hours before we show it up there, but uh, you know, it only took fourteen years to get on another service. I did uh, I did add us to the Google Play Store once. And I don't know if that still works. Google Play's service for podcasts sucks. So it, it, that that and I'm not trying to be a dick if that's the way people listen, but I tried using it and I was like. Yeah, I'm going to get another app because it doesn't problem is is that like excuse me, like Apple's they need it you need to drop it right to them and like what I use Castbox allows me to add my own podcast. So say I was like on a Patreon uh and they gave you the their podcast feed from Patreon, I could add that in Castbox. Well, I couldn't do that in Google Play. How do they um, how do they block people from just getting that feed from other people? I think you know, I, I honestly have questioned that myself. Like I know I like for example, it's... Giant Bomb has like a premium feed without ads. I, like I I wanna say that it might generate like all it needs is like a handshake code somehow. Like, huh. you know, and once that one handshake is done, that's the only person that can use it. What if that person um, gets like a new phone? No, that's a good point. That doesn't make sense. You're right. I I just I, I'm one of those people that think through, <laughs> like what is going to break this. <laughs> I I think I think part of it is that like a lot of this stuff is just done on good faith. Anyways, like I mean, I I I follow uh, one of like three Patreons I support. Um, one is my friend Sean, another is my friend Chris's website GeekAid. And then I support um, uh, Generation G- Generation 16 from uh, Greg Seward, ex-EGM writer, 
as he goes through um, Sega Genesis games, and every week for a specific amount of money, which is only like five bucks uh, a month, or actually it's five bucks an episode, and he hasn't put it out an episode in a while, so he's not taking your money, but like um, he puts out an episode just kind of updating, he calls it the weekly commute, although he hasn't been commuting much. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, that's, uh... So yeah, it's the weekly not commute right now. Um, and I think it's better for it, but, uh, he, uh, he, it's just on YouTube, right? It's just a, it's a, um, hidden, uh, video, an unlisted video. So you're just getting access to the unlisted video from his channel. So technically I could share it with the world, but I think the idea is that you're paying into it. So why would you give away for free type of thing? Right? It I mean, only devalues what you're paying for. I mean, a lot of people yeah. show Netflix accounts and Yeah, but I mean like again, like I think it's people are still thinking they're getting their money's worth with Netflix, right? Like the, the difference is they're not just giving their Netflix password out on the internet. I think that's oh, the difference. No. I don't know, man. I, I, I thought I had the idea down with the handshake, but uh, that's the, yeah. As soon as you said that, I'm like, yeah, I guess that doesn't work. So, uh, be be feel good to know that the you will never have to pay for an episode of this because you would just feel like you wasted your money. Yeah, because <laughs> you've already wasted your time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you take two hours to listen to this, and oh, yeah, two hours on a normal episode. <laughs> I'll be real frank with you. I listen to podcasts and I struggle to get through them anymore because I don't really drive anywhere. Oh, I see. I, I, I work listening to them, which is a great thing to do. Yeah, uh, I do too. And and I listen to them on YouTube, which I should probably, you know, look into putting this on YouTube at some point because uh, that's where I listen to stuff. So it's where a lot of people listen to stuff. Yeah. I think it might be a good idea. I, I put one episode on there at one point and then just never did it again because I like had to create a video. I don't think you yeah. could just upload audio. So. No, but I think it might be easier now. Like depending on when you did it, like YouTube's been adding more creative functions to their back end for I did it for the Death Stranding episode. That's how recent it was. Oh, okay. Well then never mind. Yeah. Yeah, I had to create a though. basically I just had to open up a video editor, dump the audio file in and put a picture on it, which was Yeah. Just... That's and then crazy. it's just the rendering waiting for the video and then you have to upload the video although the video shouldn't be too much if it's one static image yep it's um, just one i just use one image it, i mean it it adds a little work i guess if people wanted it on youtube i could do it there i guess we could also look at spotify we don't have any licensed music so it shouldn't no. be an issue no. i don't know i don't yeah, know it was just a thought it, it's weird it's weird because like much as I'm not an Apple fan, like their service is the easiest fucking way to get a podcast. Yeah, I, every time I, I need to put it, thing, every time I, I needed it, to I'm add done. one, it's taking like ten minutes. Um, but like, yeah, Android, you're fucked. Spotify, looking at podcasts can be a nightmare because I have a friend who's for some reason Castbox cannot find his podcast, but it's on Spotify, so I just listen to it there. And it's like, I don't know why I can't find his podcast, but maybe he only uploads it to Spotify. Um, but, 
yeah and then sometimes finding that is a nightmare just the the way it's set up is like clearly this is a music app first and foremost but i, I assume there's going to be some more work on their podcast side of things seeing how they just paid for joe rogan so i'm trying to remember what the name of the service was when we when before there was an actual podcast we did a radio show i want to say it was called something like something 365 or something i don't remember but it was literally just a radio station that we had that had the podcast. Well, it wasn't podcast at the time. It was called the radio Live show. Live 365. And then we did, um, we put a bunch of video game music in between the shows. I probably fucking listened to you on my goddamn PSP. <laughs> That's disgusting. Of oh, weird places to listen to people, your PSP. Well, that, the, the reason why is because it had an internet radio thing built into it. God, I remember doing that. Here was that. That was a long time ago. I remember we talked about Marvel vs. Capcom 2 when it was new on that oh. show. It was me and, me and Jason. That was a short-lived uh, return, huh? <laughs> No, he's he's he'll be back. I talked to him yesterday. Okay, good. Yeah, Mike, he had I a want... family. He had a family thing the last yeah, time last... he was. Uh... Yeah, just so needs to know that the show is better with him on it. Oh, hundred percent, and uh, he knows that. Okay, I don't want him Maybe... ever doubting himself. I guess we can talk video, video, video game. Yeah, I'll save the one that we both played till last. Um. So uh, I had my friend Sean, who lives in Japan, get me some Japanese PSN cards and uh, popped an LSD Dream emulator. Okay. Um, that game experience, whatever you want to call it, is... Like, I knew it was going to be weird. Wow, that is that is bizarre. It's like watching a game break in front of you in a way that still somehow it functions like it's so bizarre i cannot describe it i've seen videos but playing it was playing it was a different experience altogether um yeah that's something um i picked it up because i it's a cult classic and i was like i need this on my ps3 and it's oh god you you went on the ps3 you know what as long as you're only going to your download list, even though I have to find it through the Japanese... The Japanese store, for some reason, runs better. I don't <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's just, honestly, looking at the, the game selection, feels like there's a lot less old stuff on there. That's weird. Like, yeah, they don't have the... So, you know how... Remember how there's a bunch of PS2 classics on yeah. PS3? They have nowhere near the same amount. They have a lot of PS1 stuff, but not a lot of PS2. Um, And they don't have any PS2 on PS4. Huh. Okay. None that I could find, anyways. I was looking. I was like, there seems to be nothing here. Um, I knew the PS4 wasn't doing as great in Japan, but I didn't think it was doing that bad. I, I just think they support it in different ways. Like, looking at some of the stuff that is japan only it's really weird um i actually ended up getting a game that i have not played yet so i don't know what it's like but i've heard really good things called x troopers it's a japanese only game that came out for 3ds and ps3 
It's a Lost Planet game. Oh lord, which which Lost Planet? Like based off of one. Okay. Because all three of those games are very different video games. It's, it's it's an anime version of one, sort of. Like it's the same sort of environment and same sort of gameplay as one. But it's like anime out the ass. And I've only ever heard good things. Like looking at it, I was like, what's X Troopers looked at it? And they're like, like those look like the things from Lost Planet. And sure enough, it's a Lost Planet Japanese only game. I don't know why it came out didn't come out here. It's interesting. Like I, I'm surprised it didn't get localized. Uh, especially when there's a lot of English players that are like, Yeah, you you're gonna have to kind of stumble through the writing, but it's it's really good. So um pick that up, but like it's just it's weird it's like they are they know that the audience is different there's a lot of jrpgs available and visual novels available on the ps1 and um all their very cheap games the simple 1500 games which are like three bucks a piece digitally um but yeah like it's it's very very odd kind of going through the Japanese store, but I picked up LSD dream, dream emulator and a bunch of shooters, old PS one shooters that are like, that are Japanese only because you don't have to read for those and some arcade stuff. So, um, then I, can I talk about SpongeBob? I don't think so. Well, I'm playing SpongeBob battle for bikini bottom rehydrated. Now, that being said, oh, I'm pretty me. sure you can walk into a Walmart right now and buy the game because I've seen it on store shelves. Well, I, I will tell you this. So embargoes are weird. I just dealt with the weirdest embargo. Oh, and, we'll talk uh, about that, I'm sure. But uh, here's another weird one. So I've been playing. I told you I went back to Control. Yeah. I've been playing the Foundation. On Xbox, which has On Xbox, and I can't talk about it. Better, even, though, even though it's been on PS4. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can't, well, I mean, if I held the show, you could talk about, because the embargo for Spongebob is the 22nd at 11 a.m. So I'd have to hold the show for, like, hours. The only thing I'm going to, the only, the only (laughs) thing I'm going to say is that, that it's releasing at $30, we said. Yes, for the yeah, just which the is game. Weird because it's also thirty dollars in Canada at Walmart, anyways. Um, and there is a lot worse ways to spend thirty dollars. Maybe take a look at my review, which will be out for the embargo. Um, there. Um, so I mean, I want to, I want to, it... Hey. That game that this is remaking was also very good, so maybe. Um, there. Hey, uh, you know. So uh, this week, um, I downloaded a bunch of demos and didn't get to half of them, I swear. But you're, it's going to seem like I played all the ones I downloaded just by the sheer amount I have to talk about. Um, so this week, uh, Steam put a bunch of demos up because, you know, um, they can't. Summer Game Fest. Yeah, they can't do it. And this is how I think E3 should have gone. Um, that they they should have had like almost like a play along. Like, hey, this is this is what we're showing on the show floor. And at a certain time during E3, like after a press conference or something, you'll be able to download the demo. I've been saying that 
for years now, um, before I was on the show, even like there, as soon as digital distribution became a thing, like, yeah, just drop the demo. Like it's a vertical slice you've made for the show floor. Give it to everyone. Like there's no better way to build hype unless you really don't trust the product, you know, but it's like, anyway, so this year they actually did something like that. Finally. Um, now a lot of it was independent stuff. There was a couple bigger titles in there that I just was like, this doesn't really interest me at all. So I'm not going to play it, but, um, I will go through the ones I did play. The first one I played was a game called say no more. Um, it's, made by Fizbin, who are the creators of the point-and-click games uh, The Inner World. Um, I've heard about this game. It is this weird, like, almost on-rails shooter, but the idea is that you hit a button to say no. So it starts off with your character having no self-esteem and can't stand up for themselves. You pick your character in the way they say no, but uh, at first, when you hit the button, it just the character goes... Um, uh, hmm. And basically the dialogue is you've just started a job as an intern and they're treating you like trash to the point where your your boss steals your lunch. <laughs> you find a cassette tape that you put in and it's a guy telling you like, oh, the, the answer to all your life's problems is just saying, no, it gives you all the power. So you start walking through and all these people that have asked you for stuff, you just start going, no, no. And there's different ways to say no. So if you hit like one on the number pad, it's the standard no. And if you hit two, you put your hand out and you go, no, <laughs> it's, it's this minor thing. But then you, when you're saying no, if you hit the D pad before a, a directional, like the arrows keys, you hit one of those and, um, Left is one of one of them is you laugh in the person's face, and the other one, the other one, you just start clapping like slow clap. So they're insulting you. Like one, the one that they show in the trailer um, is great. It's like, oh, what you're wearing is so ugly, and it's just the character starts, and he goes, "Why are you clapping? That's weird." And then she just goes, "No." And he goes, I was just projecting. Like, the writing in this game is great. And the fact is, that at one point, you try to say no to someone, they're too big. And you get a supercharged no that you have to hold down. <laughs> and then you yell, and it blows them back. Like, everybody is violently pushed back when you say no. And the idea is that you are chasing down your supervisor who stole your lunch through the <laughs> office. It was weird. It was short. Uh, the aesthetic is kind of like a really colorful PS1 game. Like low poly, sort of that pixelated texture look. But it's really charming. My only fear is that there's not going to be a lot of game in it. And the demo didn't do anything. Like actually worked again. But like just kind of confirmed my suspicion. But it's funny. So if it does a really good job of that, I'll be happy uh, i played a game called well, these are all just demos so ageless um it's a puzzle platformer where the the idea is you shoot arrows that age and like de-age uh like animals and plants and stuff and then there's this 
ability where you become what they call ageless, like basically time stops, and you can boost off of stuff and use how, like how much age they have as like a springboard. It's very odd. It's out of all the games I played, it's probably the least polished. Um, it just isn't the nicest looking game. It's fine. Like the game looks fine. It has really good music, and um, it's interesting. I, I was I I kind of want to see what the final product is. It was um, it was different uh, enough. Like it was a different enough mechanic. Where I was like, all right, it's not the first time I've seen stuff like that, but th- the way that you use it to solve puzzles was really neat. Uh, next one uh, is Pon Poo. <laughs> yeah, you are this weird duck-like creature. It's just like eyes, or it's just like a duck head and legs. And it's a stylized take on Bomberman almost. Uh, you spit out a bomb, and then you can put up a shield to push it, or you can run away from it. So like you can lure enemies behind you. And uh, The thing is, the bomb doesn't drop behind you. You have to turn around and face the enemy because you have to spit the bomb out. And then sure. you have a special bomb that you get to choose. Like some are timers, some are uh, remote bombs. Um, but it was really neat because it's all hand drawn. So that was uh, really nice to play. Like that was probably the best. Uh, that was probably the second best looking game. Um, Scalboy is a. The game's all pixel art, but they are. They are kind of. 3D objects, so they have like a depth to them, but they're not actually like a full 3D model. They're just like a cardboard cutout almost. It's very Paper Mario inspired in terms of the way the visuals are, except everything's pixelated. Um, and like to the point where the beginning of the game is set up like on a theater stage, it is an action adventure game that seems to be level based. But the thing with like the catch in this is that you are playing as a skeleton who can swap out his body parts. So you can swap out your feet, your chest, and your head, and they all give you different powers. And you get them from defeating enemies. Um, at one point, I'm pretty sure I could have killed a soldier, one of the like NPCs, and taken his head for my own, but I let him go and he gave me a better sword. Um, so you get different weapons as well. Um the music was a mix of chiptune and sort of standard synth music. It, and that just kind of made me feel like I was playing 3D.game heroes, especially with the aesthetic going on. Um, some platforming, too. Uh, the writing in that was actually really good as well. I was impressed with the writing. Uh, funny. Um, again, another game that I'm kind of interested in knowing what's going on. Um, Welcome to Elk, a point-and-click adventure, but it's like clearly set up for a controller, so you move the character around with the analog stick. Um, I didn't didn't love that demo, but it was weird enough where I was like, I kind of want to see what was going on in it. Um, it kind of looks like, uh, like almost like. Bojack Horseman sort of art, but it's mostly line art, and anything that's colored in is stuff that you can er- interact with. Um, but the characters move like they are marionettes, like they drew the character once and then just animates the animated the parts. Um, 
fascinated to know the uh, story. Am I boring you? Because that was a yawn. <laughs> no, no, I just woke up a couple hours ago. Oh, okay. Um, Golden Light, this is going to be a game you are going to maybe be interested in and then fall out of interest. Um, Golden Light is a first-person horror game. You're going to tell me it's like a, some rogue elements. You're goddamn right I am. However... <laughs> what game doesn't have rogue elements these days? However, however, it works. Like, I've been surprised. I feel like they're starting to... People are starting to realize, like, they can't just have randomized shit anymore. What works about this is that it's... It, part of the fear is, like, any item can... Like, at one point I walked up to a computer... And the computer like had a b- burst out into a creature. Like it, it was so weird. And you're finding weapons and these weird items. Like I found an eyeball with two fingers or three fingers off of it. And like using that does something. Like I've heard that throwing in an enemy uh, is good. Eating it is bad because it's an explosive and stuff. And it's so bizarre. And the the graphics are like PS2 models, but ps1 texturing on them so you're looking at a door and it looks like the texture of the door looks like it could be right out of silent hill but like the handle's too rounded and there's like statues and you're like that's way too many polygons to be fully emulating the style of uh ps1 um the items are weird and it says weird things like um the gut hates you when you accidentally hurt these like good creepy creatures and stuff like i was talking to a vending machine at one point that had a creature growing out of it um you start off in this field and then you fall down a hole into this monstrosity nightmare area and then like when you die you can go back to the field that the game starts in and it looks different and it's it's so bizarre um so yeah i'm i'm interested in that one as well um, next one's called uh, hashtag fun time. I'm assuming I have to pronounce that part. Um, it's just geometry wars. I, I wanted to like this more, but it was just geometry wars and you can upgrade your ship after a while with like the stuff you, but there's so much of the game in the demo that I went like, this is just the game. And I'm like, and geometry wars exists. And I, I hate it. Cause it's just like, there's no twist on this formula or if there is there's not enough that i did was like this is such a unique take on this i'm like this down to the point where this has like that weird neon look that geometry wars has and i'm shooting abstract 3d objects and they explode and there's a lot of particle effects and then like this this should have been more interesting i i've played geometry wars at this point like if you're going to make a twin stick shooter it needs to be better than this i was very disappointed but at the same time it's not bad either so it's like it can't be like oh this is a bad game it's just it's geometry wars i i that's it um the, the the game I'm most excited for is called Inmost. Uh, this is the best looking game I played. It is pixel art. It is monotone. Like it is these blues, whites, and blacks. Like it is a depressing looking game. There's a weird story going on. I don't fully know about light and the light stealer or bringer or whatever. It's a sort of cinematic platformer puzzle platformer game. Um, 
you kind of get feelings of like metroidvania though at points because like oh you've dropped a ladder so now you can get back to early, the early area um maybe that's because when maybe no because i died and then i just restarted over where i was anyways it was really neat um the artwork was fantastic it is a there's a there's a lot of elements of horror like i was really impressed with how good that was um oh man that there's some there's some creepy shit in that game i i really like that i i'm super excited for inmost um it seems to be dealing with like it says it's a story of loss and grief and stuff and um I, that wasn't fully explained in the demo but uh God damn, like that was a that was an easy one to just be like, yeah, I'm wishlisting this. Um <laughs> Outrider Mako, Mako, I don't give a shit. Um it's got Baco. cool music. Well, I don't fucking know That's what they, they say want. Final Yeah, Fantasy yeah, but I don't this isn't related to Final Fantasy Seven. It's the Mako. This has really interesting monster design. I like the art style. It's got cool music. It's an action delivery game. Like you have to kill monsters and get materials and then deliver them to other characters. Again, really interesting design and stuff. Um, but the way the gameplay just didn't feel great to me. Like you, you, you can get around faster by hopping between these like pegs and enemies and stuff. But like, just it just didn't feel good to play. I'm I'm sure this game will have like a huge cult following just because of the way it was handling certain things. But I just I had no interest in it. Um, Mon Cage. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that right. It's a this is a game where you have a cube and you like at first it's just a camera and then you rotate the cube to the left and you are seeing into another room. And if you keep rotating the cube, you just see the camera, except for from that one side where you see the room. And what you do is you line the camera up in a specific way with the room so it completes an element. And then you can you adjust that element and it changes in the one room. Now you're in that room and you can zoom in and you unlock another side of the cubes. So now you got two sort of full rooms from that you can see from the sides of the cube, like it, you're peering into another dimension almost. And again, you're looking for elements that line up, but it's not always that simple. Like sometimes you can zoom in on areas of the cube and you have to do certain things before you can line stuff up. Like at one point um, you have to spin a wheel and that wheel affects the world that you have. It, it, like at one point you line up a truck with the back of another vehicle and it makes a dump truck and then that moves in the one side of the cube it's it's mind-bending like it is very weird um but very neat and and there's like later a timing puzzle where you like i had to f do something on one side of the cube uh that plays in like a little cinematic and then i have control again i have to quickly flip to the other side of the cube and line up like a slide to get the brick into that slides down it into another side of the like cube. Oh man, I I was that was another one where I was just like, all right, that's an instant like when that's a full like when that comes out fully, I want to play it. Um, there's a game 
called Faith. Apparently, it's already out. Um, one in part one and two, and then three is coming out. Um, but it'll be the first time they're on Steam. It's an old. It looks like an old DOS game. Um, it's you know minimal colors, a lot of black background, almost um, uh, got the uh, look of um, Oregon Trail. And you are a priest going to a house to perform an exorcism. God is and, not here today, priest. Like the so you're you stop on the side of the road, you walk into this forest, and you have to get a key to the house and. And so I go up from the well. The door is clearly locked. It won't let me inside the house I'm supposed to be in. So I go back to the well and I turn right. And like these are like a, it's a top down sort of Zelda y sort of walking this really, you know, two frames of animation DOS looking figure across. And I get into the house and I grab the key. And just as, about as, as I'm about to leave, a monster bursts in through the door. I was really impressed that it came through the door and be like, oh yeah! No, it comes in the door sh- like the because there's only so much animation in this game because it's trying to uh, invoke a feel. It came in and it was so creepy and you hold up your whole cross. That's the only thing you can do is you hold up your cross yeah. in front of you and it kills it. And I'm like, holy shit, that was actually scary how well that worked. And this game, what for? It's not the best game, but the elements of horror in it are so well done. Um, so when you go and you um, are like going to perform the exorcism on the girl, um, you <laughs> you go downstairs, and then for some reason, a a like an FMV plays, which is weird because it's trying to be an old DOS game. And it's still keeping that color palette. But the guy who made it has rotoscoped a person in, like, basic DOS colors. So it's a lot of black still, but then, like, the person comes up and they're fully white. And you see the hands in, like, move fluidly. And it's so unnerving. I was, again, super impressed. And then she's chasing you down, but all you see are, like, these weird, like, uh, glyphs at first. And then she just shows up, and you have to quickly pull up the cross. I, then I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm I didn't finish that one. I, I was close, I'm sure, but I didn't finish that one. So I played a little bit of two, and he makes you wander in a cornfield. In this like poor, you know, again poorly animated DOS sort of look, and all of a sudden the corn start starts to animate, which it's not doing normally, and like it you can see it sort of following you in the grass in, or in the corn, th- this creature. <laughs> like I was so impressed with, with just a little bit of movement. You don't notice it at first. And you're like, did I just see the corn move? So you stop and you wait for it. And it uh, I was again for, for something that's so basic in graphics, the guy understands horror. He's apparently made some other stuff that I'm probably going to look into. That's on uh, itch.io. So, um, Again, I was I was fully impressed, and the, and all the voice work is done with like um, synthesizer, so um, it, it all sounds like this. Um, yeah, I for a game I wasn't like a huge fan of playing, like the stuff it did was super neat. Um, next game I played is Hellbound uh, from Cybot Studios, who also made Doorways, 
Uh, I only include the developers if I recognize something that they've done. I couldn't get this game to run all that well, um, and it shouldn't have been that much of an issue, to be honest with you. Um, it's Doom. It, it, it's 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 a fast shooter. Uh, it's got a good metal soundtrack. Um, I dropped everything to low. It still kind of ran poorly, and I was like, it it would like I died, and then I'd have to sit through a black screen before a loading screen. And didn't make any sense because nothing else on my computer was having an issue except for this. Um, and it's it's mostly the hell element of Doom. Um, uh, so, you know, um, not really where I enjoy Doom. I enjoyed the mix of the hell and, like, space stuff. That's where I, like, that's the reason why I like Doom. Um, the survival mode has been available since 2018. So, uh I mean, if you want a fast-paced shooter, it's a fast-paced shooter. That's what the, it's, a, and it's not a bad one either. It's just I could not get this thing to run well for me, so it kind of took away from the experience. Um, another game that I did not, so I didn't add that to my wish list. I have enough Doom-like stuff, anyways. Um, another one I didn't add to my uh, wish list was called Hazel Sky. Um, it's a narrative adventure, kind of like Life is Strange. That's the best thing I could sort of... Um, there's a little bit of jumping and stuff. Um, in the... Like, it, at one point, it just straight up shows you the body of your uncle, like, dead and drawing out and flies her around him and stuff. And it's like, who the fuck is this for? Like, this this feels like a game for kids at points, but, like, it did not run well at all. Like, this game was so poorly optimized. And at first I went, well, you know what? I just had an issue with Hellbound. Maybe uh, maybe these games are way more intense, uh, like, intensive uh, than uh, I thought on my system. Um, but I looked into what they previously made, which was a game called Blades and Bones, and has a mostly negative score on Steam. And it's apparently because of the technical issues, um, like... Con- like attacks not um, hitting enemies and stuff when it should be and everything. So I'm going to take the way it ran with a grain of salt. Maybe it was me, but maybe it was also the way they, they developed the game. I don't know. And the demo sucked because I, I'm like, oh, okay, so we, we build this little airship. It takes off, and then it crashes, and then the demo ends. And it's clear that the crash is kind of where the game starts. Like, they basically just gave you the tutorial and then you can't do anymore. And, like, I saw some weird spirit things on the island with my um, little telescope. Or periscope, I guess. Whatever. Um, and, yeah, you don't get you don't get to see any of it. So, I don't know what they're planning. Um, it's What was really odd is the game, um, when it's running... It's called uh, Icarus. Like they canceled the, um, <laughs> they they, they cha- had to change the name at some point. Um, sorry, I'm just looking through my list of stuff because I have right written um, Fight Crap. Yep, that was my you response. Playism um, game. I mean. I think it might be played. Hold on, now I have to check. I, I didn't write that. That it, if it it wouldn't be surprising. Fight crap. I don't know if they published the other the developers' other stuff, but you play as a realistic crab, okay, <laughs> fighting other realistic crabs. Yeah, I had to play as them. Game. That's what I thought. 
have you seen are you familiar with neo aquarium yep i know what that is that's it's the same developers as neo aquarium and ace of seafood and it's that absurdity again um you are crustaceans because there is a lobster and you fight each other and it's basically a sumo match you're trying to flip your opponent over so you're not trying to kill them you're trying to flip them over onto the back for like three seconds for massive and damage no just to flip them over and then you win you don't have to do massive damage um you it's easier to flip them over if you do massive damage um oh it's inception it's got some really weird electronic music. It starts off with like a J-Rock, butt-rock sort of theme, which is just perfect. Um, and you can, you, you can fight, like one of the levels, like you, you, it starts you off under, under the ocean in like a, a boxing ring to learn the combat. And then you fight on a shoreline. And then the second level, they're like, yeah, so... Here you are in a city where you can pick up palm trees and 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 cars and attack each other with them. <laughs> so these giant crabs are walking around and I'm fighting enemies. Um you can get use weapons like maces and swords and knives and and guns. Sure. And it's all stupid and it's perfect. It is the perfect stupid game and like I have a feeling if this gets if this gets adopted, it'll be a great fighting game because you control the arms of the crab with the analog sticks. Oh god. And you move with the D-pad. So you it, it auto moves, like you just press down on the D-pad, like press right, and you start strafing around continuously. Like you're always sort of trying to face you always kind of auto face each other. Sometimes you manually have to reposition yourself, but like yeah, you and you can you can punch with your claws or you can grip with your claws. And if you can get a hold on the other crab with both your claws, it does a lot of damage because you're like attacking with like electric claws. It's so dumb. It's perfect. But I mean, that's all their games. All their games have this like realistic ish look and then fish are shooting lasers out of their mouths. So, you know, just you need to look, you need to look up fight crab on steam and watch the trailer and look at all the, the pictures of them fighting at like a fish market and stuff it's so stupid and you can buy upgrade you can upgrade your crab i mean why would you not want to do buy, that buy new crabs sure There's like these rocket drills that you can attach to your of course so dumb. So dumb. it's perfect um so yeah so you, you can imagine i wish list of that one um i want to say it's arietta of spirits um or arietta Arietta sounds better. Um, it's a Zelda game, basically. I I don't know what else. To have. It's got an interesting story about like this spirit world, and you are a catalyst between the two. Um, you work with this like pretty cute little ghost creature, and um, it's neat. Yeah, you get you know you you can roll. Um, there's a sword. It's implied that there's a shield. The only thing is the demo ends. I don't know how much puzzle solving there'll be in it. Like I never did a dungeon. I kind of just, I got, that's the only thing that's going to set it apart. However, it played really well. It looks pretty good. It reminds me a lot of Minish Cap in the way it looks and plays. So um, it's neat. I, I'm looking forward to that. It, the, the thing is, I just, I can't say much more about it because it, it it's probably the most accurate 
Zelda feeling game I've ever played. Which is a compliment. Um, she Dreams Elsewhere. This is in a sort of JRPG style game that clearly takes a lot of inspiration from Earthbound, but not in the way the game looks or, or, or not even the tone of it. Just the way that like when you're fighting enemies, the way that they are posed and how like how they're drawn and the backgrounds being these weird like abstract um visuals um is clearly right out of earthbound um and we like, we talked a while back about um you know the uh race issues this is made by a black gentleman um and it's stars black characters but what is interesting is that he's not tackling any of that he is tackling anxiety and god damn like he nails it like there's an element where you go to like the demo takes you to a party and the choices that you can make at that party are so uncomfortable the choices in all the dialogue options are super uncomfortable but um like it's just it it he nails it. Like the guy must have it. I I don't want to make that assumption, but like just he knows it so well and, and it's so spot on. Like it's just stuff that I've felt before. Um and and there's this the combat's really good. I I I enjoyed actually playing turn based combat, which is not always how how I feel. Um it gets really weird. Uh, the sound design, including the music, is really, really well done. Um, and w- what sets this game apart visually from all the others is it's using VGA colors. So it's black, white, that turquoisey blue, and it, he kind of strays away and uses like pink and purple kind of interchangeably. They're they're very close to colors, but you can tell that there's a slight difference. But he. Uh, he's only using four colors basically to do this game and it's super detailed and yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And I don't usually look forward to like independent RPG stuff. It's just usually not my thing. Um, but, uh, it's so well written. Like the dialogue even feels natural between people that are talking. Like as much as I love final fantasy 15, some of the conversations are just, ugh. Like, like people write like they think people need to write. Like, nobody talks like they do in the movies. There's, and this guy seems to understand the natural sort of way people talk to each other. I'm, I was thoroughly impressed. Uh, it's by Studio Zevere, Z E V E R E. Um, I think that's the one that most of all I'd recommend. Um, even though I loved some of these other games, uh, that one was definitely something very different in terms of what it's trying to tackle, even though you were talking about um, that game that I've already forgot, even though I asked the name of, which is also based on anxiety. So, um, but it's just that it plays like an RPG and it's like, it's not focusing on, you know, um, anything other than like that core concept of anxiety. Again, I, I was just thoroughly impressed by the writing in it. Um, and then I have two more. Um, Fogs. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. P-H-O-G-S. Um, apostrophe. No, not apostrophe. Exclamation mark. Wow. Um, it's a two-headed dog snake. Uh, it's adorable. Like, 
grossly adorable. I can't get over how cute this stupid fucking creature creatures. I mean, you have two heads. And the idea is that each head is put on one of the analog sticks. And so you can drag the other head behind you. That's how I recommend most motion be done. But like, then you can extend the dog. Like it's, it, it doesn't have legs. It's just two dog heads on like a tube basically. And, <laughs> and at first it's like, yeah, you both have to hit switches. So you, ex- one grabs a switch, the other one extends out, grabs that switch and then pull the, you pull them inward and the door opens. But later on you hit a switch and water starts coming out of a pipe and one dog, one dog head holds onto it, and the other one starts spitting water out like a hose. <laughs> the puzzles in this game are so stupid and funny and cute and 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 witty, and it's got that sort of that Nintendo adjacent vibe. Like it's all very cute. I don't think there's really a way to die other than like falling off the stage, and they don't punish you for that. Um, like no, no enemies were attacking me. It's all puzzle solving. And, um, I was playing alone. I assume when it comes to switch as well, like you'd be able to use the two, well, you'd have to use the two joy cons. So it's, it's probably meant more for multiplayer and working together, but, um, it's perfectly playable single player too. It's, it's so cute to the point where like, I've wandered up to an NPC and the NPC just starts petting. The, the character i i was uh god damn it's just charming and the last one that i can talk about because it's the last one i played is fights in tight spaces um i thought for a second it was made by um bit hell bithel bithel uh games um I like how you called him bit hell when it's his last well name. you know what if you, i i forget that the guy's last name so and when you're making video games and you literally the first one you make is about a fucking square, a sentient humanized square. Like I'm, it, I if I don't remember your last name is Bithel, it just reads as Bit Hell. Anyways, um, he's referenced in the load up screen, but it, he's not the developer. Like that studio is not the developer. Um, it's got a this game is a strated turn based strategy fighting game. So they put you in a room and you have to defeat a certain amount of enemies. It's kind of got that, it doesn't have the polygonal look, but it's got the color look of like super hot. And because it's all supposed to be done very quickly, right? Like the fight's actually happening in seconds, but you're playing the cards in real time. Um, it, it, it's going to be compared to super hot. I am certain of it. Um, but you, you're playing these cards. So every turn you have, you are playing card. It gives you a hand of cards, and then you use those cards to attack and move around enemies and stuff. It's something I don't fully grasp. But what was neat, and I, I like the fact that it's like you, you play through stages, and it's nothing more than like defeat the enemies or protect the target. And so you're like moving around the target and moving around the enemies so they don't line up and you can line up enemies so they attack each other so uh if you push the guy out the next turn he's gonna throw a punch at another enemy if they're in the way um you know the guy that's lining up for the gun shot he will pull the trigger regardless next turn and whoever's in the way takes the hit so it's neat um it's actually the uh creators of the game Rico. 
Um, the developer, the developers are uh, called Ground Shatter. Um, it was neat. Uh, I, I liked it enough to put it down, and I'll keep an eye on. It, so, and that's it for me. I know that's a lot. That's forty minutes of me talking. Your turn. It was longer than that. Oh, and um, <laughs> and then one more I forgot because we both played it. Uh, 3D Sen, which is 3D NES emulator. Yeah, it's a bad name. It's probably well, it's give it a better NES name backwards, it's... right? I, I I get it. I do, but. Yeah, no, no, it's not great. It was it was like you look at it on Steam and it's like, oh, this is a, like a graphic software or something. Yeah, no, you're right. I didn't even think. Yeah. So yeah, I I I picked it up. It's like nine bucks. It's like ten percent off. Yeah, it's for launch. Sorry, day. it's ten. It's ten thirty four here. Yeah. That so. thing. So it, you should probably preface it by saying you have to have your own games. It's not a. It doesn't have the games in it. No. Um, but basically, it, it makes like NES games like a little diorama, 3D diorama. And, and some are better than others because. Like, sure, sure. Like I played Batman, and and Batman felt very much like a. I don't know. It felt it didn't feel as as deep as something like maybe uh, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, like, you can see where he's put in the work, especially if you, like, I suggest everybody watch the video because it's better than us describing it. But, like, in the Zelda that I played, um, the rupees turn. Like, you actually see them turn. The fire moves differently. Like, there is more than just taking the sprite and going, ah, this is 3D now. Um, What was drawing in Zelda is, like, the Zoras don't feel like they're popping out of the water. They just kind of look like a graphic on top of it still. (laughs) Um, So, like, that kind of took me out of it. But there's some neat stuff. Like, the... The way... Like, he's put in some work on some of the animations, clearly. Like, some of the... The items. The items in Zelda rotate, too. Not just the rupees. Like, the items when you go to the shop rotate. Like, they, they have a physical space more than just, like, a diorama. But then, you and you'll feel like you're looking down on Link and stuff. And, oh, man, there's, there's, it's a really well done thing. And there was that one that was browser-based for a while. That was, that was a good sort of demo for this idea. But um, this is, I understand why he's charging for this. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of work in there. And, and I get not distributing the ROMs. That makes sense. Um, yeah. My biggest issue with it, though, was that I don't. The interface is bad. The interface is the ugliest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's also confusing because, like, you have to go. Like, you basically load it up, and there's a big set of blocks for the games. Yeah. And then you have to right-click them and add the ROM, and then, like, all the other stuff is still blank. For the um, yeah, for the for the amount of work that he's put into it, clearly. That all that work did not go into the UI. <laughs> no, the UI is terrible. Um, and hopefully, that's something that he'll fix over time because it's yeah. it is still technically in early access. I think. I mean, so the thing is, is that like Zelda, Mario, Vania games, like he's got, I think, what twenty? I think. Yeah, there's like six pages pre-built yeah. that like are and like you still have to have your own ROM, but it is customized to that ROM. Like, there's clearly been work to that ROM. This game, this 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 emulator's never going to take every NES game and do as good of a job turning it 3D 
as it does others. Like the Mario one, the in Mario one, Mario, Mario Brothers, uh, Super Mario Brothers, uh, the bridges move. They yep. move. That that's that's a lot more work than it may seem. So you're not gonna get that out of, you know. Uh, clue clue land or name whatever else you fucking give a shit about. Wait, I, is it clue the, clue land? Where are we going about clue clue land? What's wrong with clue clue well, land? You just, but like, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just using that as a, the first example. Like less popular titles, and that might even be a poor one because no people like clue clue land. But it's just like it's just because of the name. It. Yeah, not, but like it's it's just you're not going to get them for, like for the less popular games. Yeah. Or the, the the more obscure games, anyways. It is cool because you it is supports controller and you can like move the diorama with the right analog stick. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, if you're playing with a mouse, you can do you just click and you can drag. If and... you're playing NES games with a keyboard and mouse, then you can get the fuck out. Yeah, that's that's disgusting. And you... I'm just saying that you, you can move it with the mouse if you don't want to move it with the right analog stick. Yeah, because you'd want to take your hand off the controller and put it on the mouse. Whatever. You deserve to be shamed if you're playing NES game keyboard. That's the wrong way. Anyway, yeah, I I I I put my money where my mouth is. I I purchased that after I tweeted that out Thursday night. That thing is cool. Um, so I'll save that for last. The big because I'm finished. We'll talk about that in a minute. I played some other game. I played some us. other games. <laughs> Let's save that for the last. Yeah. Uh, I tried the trial for Desperados 3. Is that not your uh, is that your type of game? Nope. And that's why I tried the trial instead of paying $50. For it. it has a 60-minute trial you can play. I played through the first tutorial and the first level and I was like, "Yep. Not for me." It's a very well done game, very pretty, uh very interesting. I I want it made me want a Diablo game with cowboys. That's what I want. I didn't want this, which is fine. Isn't that Ron Perlman game going to be that? Uh, that game is out. I can talk about it. It's on Game okay, Pass. Cool. Oh, it's on Game Pass um, called West of Dead. That's actually the next game I was going to talk about. That is not a Diablo. It is a run-based cover action game. Oh, so your favorite run base. Yeah. Um I haven't finished a run yet. It's um it's got all the, the, the trappings of a run based game. So when you start it's like it even calls it this is your run. As you go through the game you pick up new weapons, you get um these upgrade points, you can use them to upgrade. Uh you get choices of different upgrades. So like when you get to an upgrade point it's like do you want to upgrade your health? Do you want to upgrade your weapons? Do you want to upgrade this? And then you pick one and you do that and then you move on. I assume when you die, you get to keep certain things. I haven't died yet. Um, the shooting takes a minute to get used to because it is a like an isometric perspective. You walk around. You aim with the right stick, but he will auto-aim as well. Uh, pistols are instant shots, whereas like rifles, you have to hold the button down and then release it to do a more powerful shot. Um, light will stun enemies. The best thing about this game is its aesthetic. Like, I love the way it looks, and I love, obviously, Ron Perlman doing the voiceover, because he's, like, the perfect person for this character. He looks like Ghost Rider Cowboy. Um, it's an interesting game. I just don't know that I necessarily care for what it is. 
I'm not a big fan of run-based games. Uh, I checked out both Volume 1 and Volume 2 of the Namco Museum Archives that came out this week. I feel like a lot of these games most of us probably have somewhere else. And this collection is not good. Um, the game, Don't the you games have to buy are... it piecemeal? No, well, it's one and two. Uh, and each uh, one has like... Oh, is this, the, this is not the Namcot collection. Um, it might be, because all, they all the say NES that. NES games? Yeah, they're NES games. Okay, so the, from my understanding, like there's been a nightmare scenario, at least in Japan, for this release. Then it's, this is the one that has. This is the one that has. Yes, no, you're right. Yeah, these these are the Namco collection. The, the, yeah. the, 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 the so in Japan, apparently, <laughs> you get like one free game, and then you download. You can buy the rest, but people have been purchasing it, and it's not working properly. Well, so. <laughs> With you know, with the way other collections have come out recently, and they've been so well done, like the SNK collection, um, I haven't had a chance to boot it up yet, but I heard the Samurai Showdown collection is excellent. Uh, this one is basically just these games, and you play them. So, a couple issues. Number one, if you play, even if you're playing in four by three, where it stretches it, you know, top to bottom, but obviously it's not all the way left and right. The control layover is over top of the screen. So it covers up part of the the image. So I had to That's turn great. it to yeah, I had to turn it to like pixel perfect to to have that below. And what kills me is there's only two options. There's like the the game menu and then the rewind button. And I'm gonna talk about this rewind. So this rewind doesn't rewind like normal. It goes back in increments. So it's like when you hit the rewind button instead of like just moving back a little bit, like a couple seconds, it automatically goes back like a tick of like five or 10 seconds. I don't know the exact number. So that Genesis collection that I kind of went overboard when I reviewed and listed out what was in each Genesis collection up until that point, that did a rewind feature really well. And that's not the best Genesis collection you could have. So it's kind of disappointing that they're doing the NES classic style of... Yeah, this... Mm. Um, the game selection is fine. You'll see stuff that you recognize. Probably the most interesting games in the collection are the Splatterhouse NES game, which is very different than what you think of Splatterhouse. Yeah, it's the um, graffiti kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, the yeah, weird whatever. Splatterhouse game. It's, it, and it's then, a TV version of it, so it's big heads and yep. cartoon. And yeah. the first boss is a is like a Michael Jackson dancing Dracula. That's great. He even has like a collection of dudes that do the the choreography with him before the fight starts. That's aged well. Yeah, it's kind of fantastic though. Um, and then the other interesting game in the collection is the Pac-Man Championship Edition D Make. I believe the second it... collection has like a very specific special game on that too. But yeah, yeah, no, it's not the Pac-Man Championship NES version yeah so this for 20 bucks pop none of the games are yeah none of the i mean there's like eight to ten games i think per collection is the Uh, splatterhouse and the um pac-man on the same one i think they are i think they're both if they're both on the first buy only the first there's better ways to play other games but like those are two games that 
are only available in this collection because I believe this is the first time the the oh no nope. has... championship nope. editions on the second one. Oh, then fuck that noise. Yeah. Um, these are... And to to not that it, not that most people care, but uh, like a lot of these collections, you'll get some like basically like give me ch- achievements or trophies or whatever. Yeah, no. Like you have to finish most of the games to get any of the achievements. There's that. Uh, I booted up a Bard's Tale ARPG remastered and resnarkled. I, I I didn't play enough to to talk much about that. It is goofy. Um, I might play a little bit more of that. It is definitely an old game. I booted up Thronebreaker: The Witcher Tales because it hit Game Pass this week. Got to the first battle, saw the cards, closed the app, deleted the app. I'm done. Not my kind of game. Uh, like I said, I'm playing the Foundation Control DLC for some reason. I can't talk about it, even though it's been out for what, fucking six months or something on PS4 and PC. <laughs> I played... Um, actually, the most interesting thing I played this week um, that I was not expecting was I played Disintegration. So... Disintegration is a game that is made by the studio of the guys who left Bungie. Um, It is a first-person shooter mixed with very light RTS elements. Yeah, so I heard about this from... Was it it the Xbox conference they showed that off? I don't remember where they've shown this off. I want to say they showed that off at that Xbox event thing where it was the... uh no exclusives or whatever or it was gameplay that people expected. Oh, you're talking about the one from May? No. no, I'm pretty sure I had that written down. Disintegration was not in that because that that was entirely Series X games. And this is an Xbox One game. (laughs) I'm clearly not playing Series X right now. Um... Disintegration is so the concept is is like you're a robot character that a human's mind has been moved into if I'm following the story correctly. So like they're they're real people with like their consciousness but they've been moved into robot bodies. And the character you play as was like this hover bike racer guy and he was captured and then he escaped with these other soldiers and you land on like this, this outpost. And then basically what you do is you go out and you do these jobs for the, for the people uh, who are letting you stay at their outpost. And you play as the graph cycle guy and you can fly up and down left and right. You can shoot people like a normal first person shooter, but you're also commanding these units that are on the ground. So you can like point them to attack certain enemies, or you can use the D-pad to do special moves that they have. Um, in between missions, you can upgrade them with upgrade chips uh, to like enhance their abilities. It's an interesting game. It's definitely cool. I like like everything works really simple. Like wherever you point your cursor, your dudes go. If you want them to focus, you hover over somebody and you tap the right bumper. Um, you can actually heal them. You can tell them to interact with things on the battlefield. And it's all really easy to do. Where people are going to get hung up in this game is that it is it is very, very straightforward and simple. Like, I've played through, I think, four or five missions 
and there's really not a whole lot of variety to what you're doing. So you're basically just kind of doing the same missions. They're very linear, um, very straightforward, very easy to understand. So if you're looking for, you know, more depth, because like you hear RTS, you think like, oh, base building, unit. Most of the time you're in control of like two to three units. Like it's not like you're controlling a massive army to attack. Um, but I, I've enjoyed it. Like I actually enjoy the simplicity of it because then I, there's not a whole bunch of crap that I have to manage. And then I can also just fly around and shoot people from my hover bike. Um, one stupid little knock that I have on it. So in between missions, you're in this hub world and you can walk around the hub world and talk to people, uh, to get side missions and challenges. When you're in that area, even if I set my uh, like vertical up and down to the backwards way that I like, the inverted, that area doesn't accept that control scheme. That's dumb. So I'm like, okay, so when I'm out playing, it's it's inverted, but when I'm in the... And you can't change the in-hub world thing. It's it's just weird. It's It's weird. Um... But no, I, I like that game. I think it's interesting. Uh, I want to see after, you know, I don't know how many missions there are, but like after 10 missions, if I'm still like, or if I just kind of fizzle out on it. But so far, I've played through quite a bit of it and I enjoyed it. Uh, I did two, I did check out the two Insider beta slash demos uh, on Xbox, which was, uh, the first one was Drake Hollow, the game from, um, I think it's Clay, right? The guys that make Don't Starve? I mean, Clay is the people that made Don't Starve, but I don't know this game at I all. I think this is their new game. If I if if I remember correctly, Drake's Hollow or Drake Hollow was made by Clay. I want to say that, but basically, what it is, it's it's like a it's it's that survival game where you play as the person that goes to the island. You pull up the little creatures that look like plants, and then they give you buffs. You remember that trailer? Dude, I don't remember this trailer. Okay, so that's what it is. It seems pretty neat. Um, it, basically, when I play these betas, I play them for like 30 minutes to see if there's something I might be interested in when they come out. And I think this is one that I'm going to give a shot. I don't like survival games mostly, uh, which is kind of funny because the other game I played is also a survival game. You remember everybody's collective groan when they announced that Obsidian was doing Grounded? The like survival, yeah. honey, I shrunk uh, the kids. It, my, my groan didn't come from... Oh they're making that type of game. I mean, a little bit of that, but mostly my groan went, oh, they do realize their strong suit is writing, right? <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now. That was the most shocking thing that I played. Like, good? It's good. Oh, okay. It's really, it's really fun. Is it, is, it, is, it, is it clearly built for multiplayer, or is it... No, you can definitely... Like, the, the beta is only single player. You can't even play it multiplayer. Okay, well then I misunderstood what that game was because I thought it was kind of a multiplayer survival sort of style game. It definitely so has that, that, but you don't you don't have to play that way. Built more around. Okay, tell me yeah. about it then. I think the I think what interests me about this game is what it is. So like you being in the yard, and you know, building sticks out of fucking grass blades and stabbing ants in the face. There's just something about like that is 
I love the big world in Super Mario Brothers 3. You know what I mean? I like that whole yeah. we're, sh- you like we're shrunk. shrunk kids. Yeah. Exactly. I like that idea. And that's what this game is. And I was totally into it the entire time I was playing. Um, also, just to go back to Drake Hollow for a second. First of all, yeah, I've, I'm looking at game. I'm watching the dev play it, and I'm going, dude, I've never fucking seen this game before in my life. And the the people that made it are the same people that made the Flame and the Flood. Oh, the Flame—that's right, that's right. The I, Black I, I, Flood I, is the the name of the studio. Yeah, I get them and Clay confused because their art styles are somewhat similar. Yeah, like it's got that very stylized look at like people. Tim Burton, like animated kind of look. That's a really good way to describe both of them. Yes. Yeah, like it it has that kind of look to it. But yeah, like that that game is enough for me to check it out when it comes out and. Another thing, another way that I think Grounded is going to catch on is because it's in Game Pass, and I think people, it's going to be a game that people try that are like, okay, I kind of did, you know, I kind of dig this. So, and the fact that it has a single player mode. Yeah, I think I might try this out then because I like. I think part of the issue is that they have the four kids. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's very clearly that you can play it multiplayer, but, but you can totally play it solo. So so. I know we talked about this on the show, but like, I was really disappointed by uh, what is it? Fucking what was it called? Metal Gear uh... Survive. Sure. Um, yes, that game. I was really excited for that because it took the part of Metal Gear that I love, which is the gameplay of it, and was applying it to something I like doing, which is going out hoarding a bunch of shit, going back to a base, and then it fell apart because it decided that you need to defend points, and then the base and it was poorly executed anyways. So, to know that this is about that sort of go and hoard and come back and build up and but also fighting bugs and yeah. like stuff. Like, that's interesting to me. I, I've, I think I misunderstood what this game was. I think I was thinking I'm, I'm, it was their take on Fortnite, you know? No, 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 no. This is uh, definitely a... Yeah, this is definitely bad. a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids survival game. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm into that. And I mean, it's I'm on Game that. Pass, so you can download it, and if you don't like it, you just delete it. Yeah, That's yeah. Nice. No, I definitely will do, uh, this, do this beta, uh, uh, like, solidified that I will download this and play um, when it comes out. So... um. All right. So I finished The Last of Us 2. I sat on it for 24 hours. I wrote my review. That'll be up this week. That game is exhausting. Um, it's so hard to talk about this game, and I feel really bad or the reviewers that were not allowed to talk about it. Although, you know, I, after seeing like most of their reviews, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what game you were playing. Well, I mean, you got to understand that um, guy who counts pixels as his main bread and butter uh, said, you can't, you can't judge the narrative based on what parts are in the narrative. I just, I, so uh, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to, Spoil no, anything. I'm not spoiling it. It, it just it, it irritates me that that, that like I I've brushed off people's sort of like specifically with um what's it called that shitty game um disaster report for I, I shrugged off another person's 
uh, take on it. And, and the specific reason why is because this, that person knows better because the way that he, he talked about the last of us too, all the criticism that he was making could be levied at disaster report four. And he doesn't go into spoilers um, but like, it's just like everything he was saying. So it's like, I know that guy can, can write well. I was irritated by the fact that he chose to defend that game and give it a perfect score when it was fucking horrible on a gameplay level and a story level. But I just, it irritates me that like all these people have come out and said like, well, this game is near perfect. Oh, it's, but it's really hard to take in. See, so that's, that's uh, not, my uh, issues are not with people who enjoy the game. If you enjoy the game and if you enjoyed the but story, that, that's, but those that's people fine. are also the ones that come out and say, oh, I don't understand how people don't like this. That, that's you, you my problem. That, that's, my, that's my issue with this is that anybody who has criticized the story in this game, a lot of the people who enjoy it have written them off as saying, oh, you're just mad because of something that we can't talk about. Um, and I'm like, I don't even want, like, when I express my disdain for the story, it's not because of what everybody else, you know, I get that there are morons out there who don't like certain aspects of what happens in this game as far as yeah. characters and who they are and what they are, you know, I get that. There's, that there's is a not difference. why I don't like it. That's there's not why I don't like it. the content, hating the content, which I, I've seen, I've read enough people that just hate the content straight up. And the way the content is delivered, and and I'm speaking strictly about story, and it's unfair to criticize the 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 content because the way it is delivered is poor. Which it I, is, is and, and 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 to be clear, I have said this about Naughty Dog for years. Since I started the show, and like I know Drew, probably Drew doesn't like the dog. gameplay, and the gameplay is so. So, so, so the gameplay, not... the gameplay for me has always been clearly the second sort of thing, second care for them, and sure. and and I, I applaud Naughty Dog because out of all the studios, they are the people that are making the most accessible games. So don't get me wrong. I, I, I have full on respect. I, for I Naughty praise Dog. the hell out of their accessibility uh, options and. Apparently, this game can be played by blind people. I yes. Think about that. The amount of work they put in. God bless them. Like I wish they could do that for every game. I. That's the type of like I give them all the props in the world. But when you make a game that's about a story, and your story doesn't really go well, and you don't care about the gameplay as much, guess what? That's bad. And like. I think Kojima took a bit of hit with that. And I liked Death Stranding a lot. But a lot of people didn't like the gameplay in that. And I totally understand why. I, I think it worked, but I also not going to shrug people off. It is just kind of walking to and from places. So, you know, I understand why. And, like, that game didn't do the gangbusters I think Sony wanted it to. No, and, it, it did rather poorly from what I right. understand. So... Like, again, you can't just think you're an auteur and write a story because this is supposed to be a video game at the end of the day. Like, um, I was talking to my friend Sean and, like, we were talking about, like, these are kind of, like, 
You can't just come into video games being a reject from Hollywood, and I'll delve into this after, because I'm sure we'll talk about him, uh, somebody else, after. But um, it's just, like, if your plot isn't going to hold up as a movie, and I'm not saying The Last of Us 2 or The Last of Us or Uncharted would hold up as a movie, but the moment they don't hold up, you have nothing because you you haven't put the effort into making a fun game. And I'm going to be honest with you, it, you nobody's going to Uncharted. No one's going to Naughty Dog games for third-person shooters, which they are. That's what they are at the end of the day. Like, that's just never been the thing. I, like, I know people have played Uncharted online. I get it. But, like, I don't think you enter that without giving a shit about the main game. It's just more content. It's and, and and let me be clear. They're not bad games. I'm not even saying they're bad games. I don't like them, but they're not they're not broken. They're not abysmal pieces of shit. It's just they aren't great. Like they aren't great shooters. I don't feel great shooting people in any of those games. And I'm the guy that went back and said, "Oh, maybe I'll like four. They probably learned something from Tomb Raider." And it looked like they did. And then they threw me into a gunfight. It handled so poorly. I just went, "I'm not. I'm done with this." Sorry, I didn't mean to just, it's just, I, I've had these issues with Naughty Dog for a long time, and I feel like people are finally well, noticing, but then they also seem to be noticing for the completely wrong reasons, and I'm just like, no, if you're going to com- criticize the story, criticize how it's being told, not the story itself, because I, I, I know the content, I've spoiled it for myself, content isn't the issue. Well, yeah, that was that was something that was hard for me to talk about in my review, I was like, look, the actors acted their asses off. The world is totally believable. Like this, this game made me go, "Why do I need a PS5?" Like it's that beautiful. But I couldn't look at some of the detail and the painstaking things that are in this game in the back of my mind, not think that maybe somebody who built this dusty dresser also had a very poor work environment. This game was in development for seven years. Yeah, and, and like that's and they, they they were called out during that time for having a shitty work environment. Yeah, and like I look at this and I go, just holy shit, like you can walk around this world and it is one of the most amazing things you will ever see. The problem that comes with this is that well, there's a lot of problems actually. One of the problems that I have is that anytime gameplay comes into account, it becomes an issue for me. So the shooting is not good, which they clearly don't let you focus on shooting because you cannot carry more than like 12 bullets for any video or for any gun in that game. So you're constantly running at ammo. I get it. They want you to focus on the stealth and, and, but the first time you get noticed and let's say you get into a fist fight, the fist fighting, I can't tell you how many times I died because my character doesn't like, lock on to the enemy and I'm swinging at air behind me. Oh, that's a PS2, PS1, 3D brawler bullshit. Yeah, and I got frustrated with that. Now, if you have like a melee weapon, like that's the end-all, be-all, no, no, but it breaks after it's, you kill one one person, it breaks. It's it's melee. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry. I'm going to melee you in the face. <laughs> um, I had to fall back to an old joke. But I'm yeah, it's um, like it's it's a weird feeling for a video game to basically want to make. It felt like it wanted to make me miserable at every single turn. 
And I'm just like, and on top of that, so I'm not, I play Mortal Kombat, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not. Squeamish? It's not even just squeamish. It's like, I'm not disturbed by violence. I watch graphic horror movies. Right. My problem with The Last of Us is, is they want to make you feel awful when you so like the one of the examples I used in my review is like when you stealth kill somebody, if you pan the camera around, you can see the goddamn haunting in their eyes. And I when said you... this last week when we, we talked, and John said it's it's about well, you don't know the context. Okay, the context is that this is a video game. At the end of the day, and anything. This is this is this is a bigger issue in total, and and I, I saw people bringing up uh, Spec Ops Line, and I think Spec Ops Line is interesting because it's the first time. And this is this is all of art. If we want to talk talk about video games, which a lot of people seem to want to, until it starts to negatively affect their arguments in art. First of all, like whether it be movies or or music or paintings or sculpture you don't look at those things and go ah yeah that would all like you don't look at a painting and go that'd be a sculpture because it's it's not that that doesn't make any sense but you can do that with video games because like in the last of us or uncharted if you took away the gameplay and just made it a movie what are you really losing at that point um and like it's just Sorry, I get flustered at this conversation because just it's so fucking annoying. But like, you you have to earn things, and I don't feel like making stuff. I'm I'm sorry, I'm I've actually lost my point entirely. <laughs> so I'm, not follow, I'm not following you right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had a bunch of points in my head, and of course, they're all just trying to come out at once with my mouth. And um, <laughs> it, arch, um. Well, back horror in their eyes, uh, make you feel bad. Um, yeah, so so like, this is supposed to be a game, and if you want to make my point on the art thing was is that like if you want to make me feel bad, and you want to be a video game, um, Spec Ops: The Line only gets credit because it's one of the first games to call out the kind of war nonsense that we were going through, especially at the time, right? Like that was the peak of military shooters and it just happened to be something that was like hey this is bad yeah. um but that's, but that's kind of what's funny in in the last of us 2 is like the character that you see in the cutscenes is not the character you're playing like you can see kind of their remorse in the cutscenes but when you're playing the game like you can just murder the fuck out of people right. and there's no reaction but to it, it at all then the game tells you you should feel bad but the game, the, the movies, the cutscenes are telling you you should feel bad, but the gameplay is saying, do the thing. Murder and like, these that's not really fair. Too. Like Again, the only reason why Spec Ops The Line got away with it, which is like art, you know? Like, if I paint a canvas white, you have to be the first one. The next person that does it, that doesn't fly, right? So... That's part one of the art conversation that I want to bring up. Like, this is not the first person, like, this is not the first game to try to do that. Second is that, like, if you want to make the per- the player feel bad and not just kind of manipulate them into feeling bad, look at something like Shadow of the Colossus, where clearly by the end of the game, you are the bad guy. Right? 
the game sets it up that you think you're doing the right thing and it slowly peels away. Like it earns that moment where you realize what is happening slowly, but it works towards it. And throwing just random bad guys that you have to kill to move on. That, that's, that's not earning anything. Like then making you feel about about playing the game that they set up like no you're the bad guy like you, not the player the the person that made this game and thought this was good was is ultimately the bad guy in this scenario which is kind of shitty because it's not one person's fault but like i don't feel like they've earned that moment to tell me you know oh you're a bad person because you killed somebody fuck off <laughs> there's a this lot of video things. game there's a lot of things that bother me uh, not in the least the ending. I have, I have a lot of problems with the way the yeah, game I've ended. Yeah, I've heard the end. The, the I've heard some complaints about the ending, which we won't spoil. Yeah. I will, and I asked if I was okay to do this. I will spoil somebody else's video game. That it was my first review, and it was a way out. And I don't give a shit. You've had two years at this point. You know, I'm, I think we're Fuck close enough Oscars. to three. Fuck the Oscars, right? Well, it's important to note that um, Joseph Ferris is an ex-director of movies. Uh, yeah, he's actually made well. movies. Yeah. Um, but, like, they're not critically acclaimed movies. No. Yeah. And so he he did Brothers, and Brothers worked. Uh, right? Brothers was great. A Way Out is not. And that's not just because the gameplay is not really all that great. But he did the same level of nonsense, this weird auteur bullshit. No, you don't earn... Like, I I don't feel for the guys that just broke out of prison because you're showing me their families. Like, I get it. You're trying to make them... Don't you see? You're going to feel bad if something bad happens to them because they're family men. I don't. Both these guys are in prison for a reason. And so they they make you... (laughs) They make you meet both of their fucking families because, of course, that makes goddamn sense. And so, inevitably, in the game, after playing a mediocre game that devolves into a shooter, you hit a point where you have to go and kill this drug guy who apparently has wronged both of the players. And uh, we were choosing uh, the guy that's based off of, well, played by Joseph. Uh, I don't know if you pronounce it with a Y. Uh, Ferris's brother, who looks like him, of course. Um, you play as that that character. We had we were choosing uh, his option for this this one scenario after they referenced Scarface poorly, and the bad guy who's apparently wronged us both. He knows us both personally. Only addresses that character by name. He never addressed the character I was playing as. And I said to my friend. Well, my character's a cop. He's undercover. Because that doesn't make any sense. Because they didn't write their way through this, right? They've just, they've... So, sure enough, five minutes later, or ten minutes later, I'm a cop. And people, people, people came after me and said, I didn't know what I was talking about. It's my first review. And I, I have an ear, I'm still, you know, pissy about it. So I not only saw the big plot twist now, you now fight off against each other. Two players are pitted against each other. Double dragon style. Well, so that was the so 
glad you mentioned that. Double Dragon, and then it was later done by Streets of Rage. It's not the first time this was done, and people thought it was amazing. No, you're not the first. You don't get to have this. This is nothing new. Just because you're doing it when a bunch of people forgot or don't fucking know doesn't mean you're, you know, made something new. And so you fight each other and one person has to die. And the other guy feels guilty. And I didn't give a shit because you didn't earn any of that. Showing Again, showing me their families and showing me that you've made a, a simulacrum of a person doesn't mean anything. You have to earn it. You have to earn it through gameplay. There's a reason why Nier works, despite being a clunky piece of shit. Let's talk about Nier. That is not a great game to play, the first one. But through playing, it slowly makes you feel things, and it earns the moments it has. And then it's done better in Nier Automata. But like, they see it as the medium that they are in. These are not movies. They have to be good games still. And it feels like every time someone's talking about this game, they're like, not just you can, oh, it's hard to play, and I don't really like the story. Well, then fucking, that kind of sucks, doesn't it? And it's just yeah. irritating to me that we keep defending this nonsense. Like, I play video games to play video games, not to watch movies. Because you know what all movies have on, like, DVD and Blu-ray? Fucking menus. That, under certain circumstances, that makes it a video game. Like, I feel like just throwing in shooter segments and then telling me, hey, you're bad for doing that. Or not saying I'm bad for doing that, but apparently stealing artifacts is bad, but mowing down thousands of fucking kill count is super high. Like, it just, this has been pissing me off for so long, and people defend this shit, and now they're attacking it for the wrong fucking reason, just because you don't like the content inside the story. Like, no, you have to criticize it for how the story is told. The content if it was done in a better way, you would give a shit about. Because people watch watch stuff that's, you know, violent and sad. Like, The Road is a great movie and a great book, but it's fucking depressing. But it's handled well. Also knows what medium it is, thank Christ. I, I just, <laughs> this whole thing just irritates the shit out of me, and it's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a rant like that. I knew I was going to, inevitably, we talked about this, but just... It's so irritating to know that, like, the same fucking critics and, and the same people will defend this shit till the end of time. But it, it sucks. It sucks. This sucks. <laughs> you know, and that's I not did, just... Uh, yeah, sorry. I did not I did not have much fun playing this game. I had zero interest in returning. So, just for the record, I love the first game. Um, even though the gameplay is not good, I love the story. The story is amazing. And at the end of my review, I don't know if this is like the most scathing thing I could have said about this game, but at the end of my review, I said, I really wish Last of Us would have just been one game, one story. I read somewhere that originally it was supposed to, and two wasn't supposed to bring back anybody. I'm I'm okay with the way one ended. I am. I'm not going into spoilers for two, but it just feels like an unnecessary reason to create another game in this world and what kills me the most about all of this is one did such an amazing job of developing Joel and Ellie and there are new characters in two and I felt nothing for almost any of them like they did not 
get to that level that I got with Joel. I mean, even the, the, the side characters in the first game. Like, I was more connected to them than I am characters that are in the entirety you know, of Last um, of Us 2. I know that people were people disagree with my criticism of Red Dead Redemption 2, but I'm sure as hell I'm going to tell you that, like, despite not playing that whole game, you know what happens, mind you, because, you know, I've seen it, unfortunately. But, um, despite not liking the gameplay, which other people did, that was a purely, you know, personal, not a technical issue. Um, I gave a shit about the characters. They were doing things to make me care for the characters, and they were making it clear who I should hate and who I should like, and it was very quick, and it's because they know how to write a game, and they also know how to build one, too. Like, it, it just... You know, looking for John Marston, like, I already had a connection to John Marston, of course, but, like, that's in the first fucking segment, but I'm I'm starting to like Arthur, too, because the yeah. way that they're presenting him and the things that they have him doing, right? If Arthur had to kill a bunch of natives first, you'd be like, oh, it's kind of fucked up, right? And if they don't kind of address it, like, you'd be like, okay, wait, were we going to address the genocide that just happened? No, because that's not important to the story. The story is a separate thing. I just uh, sorry. It just this has been the issue I've had with that for a long time. Well, I I genuinely hope anybody that enjoys the game, you enjoyed the game. That's what matters. I had a lot of issues with it. Um, it's still a very well done video game. Like visually, the acting is incredible. The story is well. The story is well told. It's just poorly written. Okay, if that, if that makes sense, I, I like feel it's... like the content in it, well, well told. If you're talking about the actors, then yes, yes, like, like the way they, the... the way they deliver the story and things like that, those are well done. The problem is, is where it goes. That's my issue with it. But I feel like knowing where it goes, they could have. There's it's, a lot of better ways of... they could have done it. They, they, yeah, they could have still gotten to that point, but they decided to do it in such a way that's. Poor. Does yeah. that make sense? Okay. Especially I, the payoff because they could have got to that and it meant something, but the way they got to it, I was like, ah. Uh... And that's what I meant by like the way it's delivered. And like, the, you know, had you had they, again, they don't, I feel like they don't take into the gameplay portion of how they're telling the narrative. Cause if they were telling the narrative in a way that did take that in, which is, the point of like that's the reason why spec ops happen to work is because you you've been gunning down random guys and then it you you have no other option so you you pull the trigger right and it's like you fuck up and you kill a bunch of innocent people and like it makes you do that but it also is taking into account the gameplay of the game so. I don't know. It, it's it, it's a, it, anytime you deal with sensitive subjects, and this is where I will give them some credit. It's going to be hard, but yeah. sometimes you shouldn't handle like like Disaster Report Four, which is the worst piece of shit I've played in a long time. So if you can't handle that subject well, don't. Sometimes mm. you do. There, you can tell other stories, but sometimes just don't do that thing that you want to do because it might not be the right decision. Like going on a rant about <laughs> Donnie Dog games. I'm sure I'll get hate for that. Uh, I'm sure when my review goes live. I mean, I just, I don't want to be known 
I guess I don't, I just don't want people to dismiss my criti- my criticisms of it because of the and I'll just say it because everybody wants to accuse it of being the SJW bullshit and I'm like you know I, that stuff doesn't even like register with me like I don't care yeah that but hearing that part of the story to me like hearing about it from people I was like that's not I don't even know if it's handled poorly. Like it, you just seem to be ignoring the issue, which is never like uh, when I was talking about time spinner. I wasn't it, my issue wasn't that it was there. It was the fact that they that they they didn't work it in in any sort of organic sense. Like going like myself personally, like I'm bi, which is not something I've told on the show before. You see how I just unorganically went into that? Do you not think that's weird? Well, that's how a lot of this stuff is told. Well, I think it's because they, wanted... they don't have it. People don't have experience like writing that kind of stuff. So sometimes it's just done poorly. Well, you know, but then the people are like, well, you should put the fact that Tracer's gay into Overwatch. Well, the, you you either want more of the character and you're going to have to take it in other mediums because ultimately that is something that can only be done in the comic books because that's not the type of game it is. And yeah, you're yeah, right. Not like Maybe... You're gonna hear that between like banter or something. It's like that's R- right. So it's just it, it like wouldn't feel genuine or anything like that. It's just no, like, and and that's just it, right? Like they maybe they had that in mind. Maybe they decided after, but like that's just what it is now. And I don't have an issue with that. Like you know, I don't play the game, but I wouldn't be like, ah, I'm not playing Tracer because she's gay. You'd that, be surprised how many people do that. It's, but, that it's, but that's just it. Like that's yeah, but that's, that's toxicity I, in online shooters. That's, but, how that's that what works. I that, that's what I fear for like your review. If you're negative, are people going to? And I'm not saying negative in like negative in the higher scale of things, anyways. Because I don't think the game's a broken piece of crap. No, um, not at all. Right. So like. Now it's the worry of are the wrong people going to cling to it and be like, see, you're right. Like, and that's the reason why when I'm saying, like, when I'm criticizing the story and stuff, it's not the content that I have any issue with in any of these. It's the way they handle it. And it's like, that's been my issue all along. Uh, You know, it's, it's just, it's disappointing. And it's like, maybe we need to woke white guys to write stories, (laughs) you know? I get it. You live in California, you're woke, and all this shit, but maybe you shouldn't write stories about people that aren't white and male and, you know, cis, hetero, bullshit nonsense, right? Like, the the trans character's existence, right, in, like, the um, time spinner shouldn't be the only characteristic. Like, that was my issue with time spinner. Gay, 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 bisexual, um trans and um uh asexual but non-monogamous or whatever and i was just like this had nothing to do with the, like these characters this was their character and it's like that's that's tokenism that's not uh, yeah that's not a characteristic that's just a that's just a trait of a character yeah that's not a characteristic characteristic is you know like this this person's good with mechanics or something that's and not... i I'm, i totally understand wanting to represent people but sure. like people don't want to be represented by paper cutters no they don't it's 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 dumb it's very dumb so it just yeah story writing in games this is what this just like i really wish there was a lot more better stories see that's the reason why i don't write it because that sentence was grammatically terrible anyway. but yeah anyway 
I did play Overwatch. I'm very tilted. I'm trying to do my platinum portrait, and I I couldn't win a game to save my life this weekend. I think I've I think I played 20 games, won two. I ask, fearing the answer is going to be as long as my rant there was. Um, what is a platinum portrait? So, for every 600 levels, you get like you start at bronze, go to silver. Like it's your level. So your okay. portrait your portrait changes over time. So when you first start playing Overwatch, you're bronze. You get to level 600, you go to silver. But let me rephrase 12. that. What, why is it called a portrait rather than just like because a uh, because like you know. When you're looking at the character select screen and your um, your picture at the bottom has like a number oh, on it, okay, and it, it starts bronze, and it basically it starts as just like a little like a uh, hexagonal, um, and then that slowly changes to it slowly it. changes over time. Like every twenty levels, you get like a set of wings, and it gets bigger and bigger, and every hundred levels, you get a star. But there's your 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 icon or whatever is still visible. yeah. It no, basically, it. it shows how much time you've wasted playing the game. Is what it is. I won't so be that harsh I am on you. nearing. I am <laughs> I, nearing you, level eighteen hundred. Pretty sure my rant about fucking video games and storytelling <laughs> was as long as you spent in Overwatch. For everyone mm-hmm. listening and myself. In no, it, it was not. It, it was not because this podcast is not three thousand hours long. Holy shit. Dude, I don't think you realize how long it takes to get to level 1,800. Think about that, 1,800. I don't want to think about it. One session of me playing... Okay, so one session of me playing Overwatch is probably two hours. I might level twice. Might. Do you know how many other games you could have played? (laughs) Do you know how many other games you could have played? God damn it. You know, uh, I could have played a lot of other games, but then I would be, be like, I wouldn't, been, but I wouldn't have enjoyed myself as much as playing Overwatch. I, even when I'm mad at that game, I still find enjoyment in playing it. And I was mad last night. Like I was, I, so just to give you a, a bit of context, I am level seventeen hundred and ninety-eight. I'm that close to leveling. But when you lose, you clearly don't get as much XP because XP is based well, on your losers don't win. That's that's how it's supposed to happen. I mean, you Fuck. still get XP. Um, no, no participation. <laughs> but you don't get as much. Yeah. So, like last night, I was trying. I was just like, and I'm to the point where, like, when I get this, I feel like I'm gonna take a break from the game for like a week or two. But like. I was so determined to get it this weekend, and last night I I got to the point where I like slammed my controller in my hands. I'm like, oh, fuck this, because I, like, I just kept losing, and it was like, I know I'm tilted, I know I'm not playing my best, but I'm still pulling gold medals and and healing and and damage and kills, and I'm just like, if I'm tilted and still outperforming everybody on my team, this is not the time for me to play. <laughs> Because we ain't going to win if I, if, like, I've played this game enough that I can carry one or two people on a team. Like, if they're not playing well, I can carry them. I can't carry five when I'm tilted. It's just not possible. So. I don't know what tilted means. Don't explain it. I don't care. It's fairly it's just, simple. I know. It's, I don't. You get frustrated. You don't understand. I, I thought I was just going to make a joke about being drunk. All right? Okay. 
Well, if for anybody that wants to know, tilted means that I'm just angry and I'm not playing. That's a weird, very, very well. specific term I've never heard before. I hear terms every day that I've never. I've had to Google so many words this week that I don't <laughs> understand what they mean. You know, you could probably just ask me, and I could have said. I I know, but I'm like I want to know at the time, and like not everybody always responds when I text them, and I figure I can find the answer. Well, it's in the middle of the night, you know, I'm going to respond. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, like there's so many words that I don't get, and when people say them, I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, well, you ain't woke enough, motherfucker. I'm like, probably not. I'm forty. Forty. I'm white. I'm from the south. What the fuck do you want? From exactly. Me? Like, what do you want from me? I think I'm about as. I don't know. Whatever. Let's talk about what's coming out this week because this show's already long and fuck. There's only two of us. Because why not? I had a lot of shit to talk about, and then I also got a, went on a rant. So I think we're doing good for time. All right. Uh, this week we've got coaster. I don't know what that is. Assetto Corsa Competizione. Racing. Yeah. Dead Cells, the Prisoner's Edition. That's got a figure in it. A it's figure? A ver- yeah, it's a physical version. It's got a it's, figure. It's, I, I think like... figure, not figure. All right, but figure. It's my accent or my speech impediment coming out. I'm not sure which. Uh, to be honest with you. Like, this is like some of my son would say. He's like, you got that action figure? Figure. It's like okay, nuclear. Well, I never want to hear. Yeah, well. I don't want to Nuclear. hear niche ever out of anybody on this podcast. Niche? It's not, yes, it's pronounced niche. Yeah, that's how I pronounce it, niche. Yeah, but a lot of people in America pronounce it niche, and it annoys the shit out. Motherfucker, I used to work at GameStop, and people would come in and ask for Tomb Raider and Residential Evil. I don't want to hear anything. Tomb Raider's still one of my favorites. Tomb Raider's bad, man. Tomb Raider. That, that, that means they think the B is silent, which is well, just even weirder. Like, what? I don't know. I guess it depends on how much they emphasize it, but I always looked at it as one word, and they just called it Tom Brader. Brader. Tom yeah, Brader. Okay. Yeah. Residential mm-hmm. Evil still cracks me up, because I can add letters to words. Residential Evil needs to be a spinoff. Like a parody spinoff. Yeah, why not? Uh, bad Dungeon, Neighbors. Dungeon of the Endless, which I played because it's on Game Pass. Not my jam. Fell Seal, Arbiter's Mark, Missions and Monsters. That's DLC for Fell Seal, Arbiter's Mark. Which I heard a lot of people love. It's like Final Fantasy Tactics. So. Uh, Little Town Hero, Big Idea Edition. Spongebob. Finally coming off Switch. Oh, it's PS4. Yeah, no, it's finally coming off Switch. Oh, okay, I got you. I think. I think, unless it's already been out, but yeah. It's a Switch exclusive I don't, for a while. I remember them announcing that game and then nobody ever talking about that game. It wasn't great from what I've heard. I feel that way about a lot of games this year. Like, they came out, and then people don't talk about them anymore. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. It's a mouthful. It is. Uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer. Coming to Switch and PS4. I'll be very interested to know if that Switch version hits 60, because if that game is not running at 60, I don't want to play it. Yeah, no. Uh, Tower of Time, which is an ARPG. Here's an interesting one. I'm actually excited about this one. Ultra Core. Do you remember this? That's um, Cygnosis Sega Genesis game that never came out. Yeah, yeah. It was only available for a while on what what are they called? The analog consoles, right? Mm. I think the Mega SG has it built in, and then I think another company was selling physical copies. So. Um, 
like for cartridge or whatever. For a well, while. it's out this week. You can just buy it. Cool. Uh, Firefighters Airport Heroes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, you want to talk about a mouthful? Borderlands 3, Bounty of Blood, A Fistful of Redemption. Yeah, I ain't redeeming that game, so fucking whatever. Uh, Dungeons 3, The Complete Collection. And I'm a... That game you can buy for two cents sometimes, I swear to God. Ion Fury, that did that not come out on PS4 or is this a physical release? That must be a physical release. Okay, because I know it's out. I played it on Xbox. I'm 90% but... sure that's on PS4. I'm not going to look okay. it up, though, so fuck it. Uh, Xbox, speaking of Xbox, we're getting a few new games uh, for that one. Uh, Night Call. That is a game, I believe, you play as a taxi driver. It's a weird yes. mystery thing. Okay. Yes. Uh, that, this week? Is that coming to Game Pass? I don't know. As if it is, I'm going to play it, because I've been like looking at it sideways and like maybe i should i'm like maybe it's not great i don't know yes your grace is coming to xbox this week and two things are finally coming to xbox this week i've been yelling about these for a long time control the foundation is the first one and yes the goddamn messenger is finally coming to xbox this week it has taken when did that game come out two years ago like it just like Two years ago. I oh. once they came out twenty like end of twenty eighteen. Okay. I'm I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. I'm fine. you know what? I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna play I'm through it on Xbox. I've been bitching like about it. Messenger. All right. Yep, came out August thirtieth, twenty eighteen. Oh thank god. Alright, so year. two years it took to make it to the Xbox. Alright, Nintendo Switch. That's another week of a lot of stuff. Uh, Little Town Heroes on this list, so maybe it's not out on Switch. Little Town. Oh, I might have the wrong game. Yeah, that's out on Switch this week, so. I, or maybe that's coming. Oh yeah. No. Oh no, yeah. This is yeah. This is the game I was thinking of, the Game Freak title. Yeah, um, the like Little Town. Yeah, I remember the out. trailers. I'm almost certain of it. Um. Yeah, it's got a Metacritic from 2019. Oh, well, it's... So, maybe it's getting a physical version? I couldn't tell you. A lot of the stuff we've already talked about is also coming to Switch, but we've also got Swords and Sandals, colon, Spartacus. Uh, Conjure Andy's Repeatable Dungeon. I wonder what that is like. Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour. They did quite a bit to that port. Um... Yeah, it's got the uh, extra... Well, I mean, all the lighting and stuff is fantastic in that, and that's also got that extra um, episode. But uh, the Switch version also has HD Rumble and a couple other things, which are pretty cool. Okay. Um, And it's only $5 if you pre-order it, which is a pretty damn good deal. Yeah, that's a good deal, because I think they were selling the one on the other consoles for like 20 It was $20. Uh, The Switch version is 10 but if you pre-order it, it's 5 well, right now that's because they have they need to make all that money and sue 3D realms. <laughs> uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Cafe Mix, uh, Ant Venter, Ninjala, uh, Blair Witch, Brigandine, The Legend of Runercia, Runercia, 
Whatever. We don't pronounce words right on this show. Come on. I don't. Uh, well, I'm just reading it, so I don't know how it's pronounced. Uh, Collar X Malice. Grimshade. Maiden Tower. Mr. Driller Drill Land. I know. A lot of people are excited about that. Hey, man. Mr. Driller is the bomb shit. I love that game. I've never been a fan of it. Like, my friend was like, Mr. Driller comes out. I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I love that game. I'm like, it's not my type of thing. He's like, yeah, but this is the best version of it. Like, that still doesn't make it my thing. I, I like Mr. Driller. It's fine. Yeah, it's fun uh, to play, but I just, I don't, I don't know what makes this version special, but a lot of people have been saying this is the version to get. So if you like, Mr. I, Driller, I don't know. If it's cheap, I might buy it. Uh, Octonaut, Pachi Pachi on a Roll, Floyd Saga, Hoop Die, Chapter One. The Almost Gone, The Forgotten Land, Kawaga Among Shadows, Truck and Logistics Simulator, Unitide? I think I'm pronouncing that right. I thought it was United, but it's Unitide. Urban Trial Tricky, A Summer with the Shiba Inu, Sudoki, not Sudoku, Sudoki, uh, and Urban Flow. That's all your releases for this week. I guess there's not a big game. I guess SpongeBob is the big game this week, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose That's so. weird. Also, Unitide yeah. is a weird box-pushing game, I suppose. Just how minimalist, like... This is, might be the most minimalist looking game I've seen in a long time. And I like those types of stuff, but like, wow. I don't know. It's weird. There are so many games that come out on a weekly basis that like I can remember stuff I was interested in two weeks ago that I've already forgot existed. Yeah. Uh, let's do some news. There was quite a bit going on this week. It's it's still like E3 trickles, I guess, is what you would call it. Um. Probably the biggest news this week is that uh, CD Projekt Red announced that Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed to November. Uh, they've also confirmed that next-gen uh, systems will get enhancements on day one, and they will both work on the new consoles, which I guess if PS5 is already out, you, if there was two versions, you could just buy the PS5 version, I guess. I, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons gameplay was revealed. EA Play happened. In case you missed it, they actually showed the game being played. Looks really good. We'll see how it pans out. I'm curious how long that campaign is because that, if that campaign is, it's got to be short. If it's the same quality as the Battlefront 2 campaign, I hope it's better. I do. While we're on EA, because EA stuff went to um, Steam. And yes. like Titanfall 2 has been doing extremely well on Steam. Stuff goes to Steam, it does well. Like Sea of Thieves went to th- went to Steam and it did super well. Halo, Master Chief Collection went there, it did super yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. I just think that's interesting that, like, hey, this might tell them, like, Titanfall 2 is a really good fucking game and you shouldn't just stuff it between Call of Duty and Battlefield. Uh, another big theme of the EA Play was cross-play. Uh, They've pretty much said all of their future games are going to be cross-play. They also announced Apex Legends cross-play. 
And they also announced the new season of Apex Legends and the fact that it's coming to Switch. So. Also, we should note that the Star Wars, they've basically said there's no microtransactions in it. It's almost like they learned something, so take take note that they've learned something. It's just funny that that's like a box you check on a game now. Like, nope, no, no. You know what? For how bad they've on like microtransactions, yes, it is a box that you check. Most other people, I don't worry about, but them specifically, yes. Uh, EA also announced they're bringing a lot more games to the Nintendo Switch. They said they should have, I think they said a number of six games. Uh, one of those is obviously Burnout Paradise, which Here, launched on uh, Friday. For fuck's sakes, every every goddamn episode, Ken. I just said it came out on Friday. I didn't. Yeah, say but that. every episode you have to bring up Burnout. <laughs> you have to bring up Burnout Paradise, and now it's such a ripoff. I want you to know that I already own that game, and I bought it from my son's account on his Xbox because it was five dollars. Um, fun fact: it was the only game outside of like, no, it's the only game that the Best Buy was promoting for this upcoming week. That's hilarious, and I saw it's... people buying it. Yeah. And I'm like, this, this it's is why game, EA's like, not... yeah, we're going to support the Switch more. You know why? Because we can sell a five dollar game for fifty dollars. Yeah, he's. Here's your here's your copy of Bob from Sega Genesis. Fifty dollars. <laughs> Fifty bucks. Fifty here's your bucks. Cop- here's your copy of <laughs> Jungle Strike. You know I played. Uh, <laughs> Please note that Desert Strike and Urban Strike are strike, DLC. Nuclear Strike. I played Nuclear Strike recently on the PS1. I didn't even know that existed. I only know those the. Uh, the 16-bit ones. Oh my no, god! No, they made uh, <laughs> EA made a bunch of nuclear or a bunch of strike games for uh, PlayStation One. Well, then those are the second bundle of games. You don't get them all. I the used to ones. love the strike games. I did. Uh, isometric helicopter shooting. Hell yeah, dog! Just, just picture <laughs> EA going back through their their vault of stuff that they own, but they don't do anything with. Yeah. We still have the license to James Bond. <laughs> They released a James Pond on Switch. Yeah, they don't have license to that one. No, they, they, they don't only matter. have license, I think, to one and three. It don't matter. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> EA also announced that Skate 4 is finally happening. Ray Golf Physics Simulator. I have never been a fan of the skate games. I was a Tony Hawk guy. I guess yeah, it, like that's like the Street Fighter Mortal Kombat argument. I, I mean, they're very different games. Extremely like, different games, and, yes. and I think you get a different sense of enjoyment. Like, we like the arcade version, right? And this is Simulation. something else. Yeah, sim- it's just sure. weird to announce a game with, with nothing but two dudes sitting in a room saying, hey, we're making Skate. Like, there wasn't even a logo. Really? Is it that weird? Is it that weird, Ken? They walked up to the guy from Respawn, stuck a microphone in his face, and said, "So Star Wars, huh?" Anyway, they pulled they pulled yeah. that E three they pulled that E three crap again too. Did you watch EA play? No, what was that? Worth? So they pulled the crap they pulled from a few years ago. You remember when um, E three a few years ago when they showed like a bunch of games, like here's what this team's working, and it was just all like tech demos. Oh no, not them sitting at they did no, it again no. for next gen. They're like, here's a game Motive is working on, and it looked like wireframe shit with some dude flying around. And they showed some guy winking in the battlefield engine, and they're like, oh, we're gonna have six thousand people on screen. And they showed them all, and they like had no color or texture to them. And oh, it's <laughs> yeah, they they totally did that again. You know why there's you know why how you pick people to be on stage? Yeah, that's because. 
you don't want just random people talking. And I know that they handpick the people that are working in the studio too. But inevitably, when they go to Dave's desk and Dave's like, I model grass for a living, what the fuck is Dave going to say? He's going to show you his computer screen. And you're going to be like, that's grass, all right. <laughs> going to move Damn on to the right next fucking grass. thing. I know. You know who cares? No one. <laughs> hey, we got more price rumors. You want to talk um, about price rumors for next gen consoles? At this point, I'm just holding up for the official release, but go ahead. Uh, well, we obviously know about the 699 PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's an interesting one. So there was a leaker slash rumor person talking about Microsoft's July event. So take all of this with a fucking Costco box full of... Yeah, heart-stopping amount of salt. Understood. Yeah. He said that Microsoft is supposedly going to try to make the July event a night of mic drops. They're going to announce the Series S, and they're going to price both consoles. You ready for this? 400 bucks for Series X, $200 for Series S. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now if that happens, it's huge. Yeah, for sure. That ain't going to happen. I've heard about the Series S thing. I don't know. Apparently, it's it's basically the equivalent of an Xbox One X, but it's got the new CPU upgrade. Yeah, I understand that. I just, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know, because, like, I feel like there's been no decision-making on price yet. Like, I feel like Sony continues to lean, to kind of preparing people for a high price, because especially that quote that came out of Jim Ryan that said, we're focused on value, not price. Oh, fuck yourself. That's a fuck yourself statement. Like, I hate that statement so much still. Like, yeah. And you just wonder if like Microsoft is prepared. So here's what I think. I think Microsoft is actually prepared to go 400, but if Sony brings it out at 599, they'll go 500. You know what I mean? Like if Sony manages to take the loss and sell it for 499, then Microsoft will sell the Series X for for 399. Yeah. Like they're willing to take that 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 loss. I don't know. This is this is the most brutal I think I've seen. Like cuz this time, it's like almost purely hardware, as much as everybody might say, well, no, it's about the games. It's like, this is a, they're trying to tell you what is more important, the hard drive or the graphic output. Yeah. And like, I don't know if I've seen, or I don't recall sort of a generation being like that, right? We had arguments of media before. Yeah, the Blu-ray player was a big well, one. not even the Blu-ray, the the DVD cartridge sorry. cartridge CD, right? Like, yeah, but they were also competing to be 3D consoles, and that was the push that they were making. Like, this is only possible on this, and like, look at this. And I mean, as much as the N64 looks like trash because it's textures, like they did modeling way better on. Oh, absolutely, yeah. PlayStation, which, you know, everybody's kind of just origami, right? Like, it. this time around, it's like, we're not really concerned about the games. We're going to try to show you things you can't watch in a stream, right? Like, that aren't going to make sense looking at a photo. Like, imagine we were in print magazines and not doing a podcast. Yeah, right. How much does this speak to people? Like, this is the first time we're... And I said it, I guess, last gen too, but like, it's the first time where I go, are we really going to see a huge, huge jump? Because like, it's like, I feel like we're going to feel the jump maybe, but not see it. 
And so I didn't see it. I said that with the PlayStation Five reveal. I was like, none of these games scream right new console. It's the feeling of it that you're going to have. Absolutely. You know, the Ratchet and Clank being most people's example, and I, I I think I misunderstood that because I that speaking of only being able to see not being able to see in screenshots. That's how I took in the PlayStation conference with screenshots, um, except for bug bug snacks that I watched for some fucking reason. I don't know why. Um, but uh, it, it's like I misunderstood that last week that it was uh, like just kind of moving in. But even then, like, there's been games that don't have loading screens in this current generation. So I'm not fully certain about like what the big jump is going to be until I have it in my hands and I feel. Yeah. I... And that's a hard thing to sell. So here, here's, here, this is just my take on it. So being somebody who's in the Xbox ecosystem, the fact that they're promising full back compat upgrades to my back compat library, including HDR and higher frame rates, um, the ability to play, you know, and get upgrades to my games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'll just get the upgrade. You know what I mean? Like smart delivery is a huge thing for me. I hate buzzwords. I hate marketing spiel, but like that means something to me. Just like I told you the other day, if I could only buy one and if these things come out and they're stupid expensive and I do only buy one, it would be Xbox, not for the games, for the ecosystem, because eventually I will get a PS five. And if they're only launching with Spider-Man as like their big exclusive for the fall, I can wait. Yeah. For Spider-Man, because like the thing is, is that this can replace your console too, and that like, that's been my biggest issue. Is like my TV's HDMI ports are filled. Yeah, so are mine. And like because none of the PlayStation stuff over the last three gens has not been backwards compatible, really. Right, like that sucks. The PlayStation Four is not backwards compatible with three, which is not compatible, and and the PlayStation Five from they, they, it they, makes they me really nervous. Yeah, that, like, it makes me nervous because they're not talking the PS, about it. If they can't replace the PS4 fully, then like that's another fucking spot. You yep. Know? And I don't know that I'm ready to take that spot yet. Although the Last of Us just did about kill my PS4 Pro, I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was a tweet that was shared around on Instagram even of the Last of Us 2 fans are going to go crazy on Friday. And by that, I mean the fans in the PlayStation 4. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it worked my PS4 Pro. It was probably what? good that I couldn't tolerate more than two hours of that game at a time because I don't Oof. think my PS4 Pro could have tolerated more That's than two hours of that game. The most thing you said about it, too, was that you can only stand more of it more than two hours. Well, it was a combination of things. It was the frustration uh, with the gameplay and also the fact that it, it just, it's just fucking nasty. Yeah. I um sorry we were talking about EA um no we were talking about consoles well that's what I'm saying like how did we get to consoles off of EA we talked about price right right, the rumor price yes although I got another leak for you okay Crash Bandicoot oh that's right yeah yeah it's Uh, pretty much a known that's a that's a not even a leak at this well that's not not a leak. It's basically been confirmed all but by the team, and even they're like, "Yeah, just wait, no." But it leaked right. early because it's supposed to be debuted tomorrow. Well, today when you're listening to this, no. um, 
Supposedly it's called, well, I mean, they got the box art. It literally, <laughs> it's called It's About Time. The most interesting thing about the box arts, though, and those looked official, was the Xbox one had the Series X on it. The PS4 one did not have the PS5 logo on it. And, like, I get it. They're not finished, potentially, right? So, But, I, but it'll have to be compatible, because if you remember, Sony made that mandate that at the end of June, every game that comes out after that has to work on the PS5. But it looks bad not being on the box, and I know we're talking to people that play video games, so it doesn't really matter to us, you know, but like I'm telling you, as someone that worked retail, and I'm sure Ken, you can go and say this yes. as well. When that was the number one in, question in my retail days, was like, does this work on my work on this. Yeah. Can my PS3 play PS2 games? Yeah, well, it could. Oh, what version do you have? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's black. Oh, right? that helps. Yeah. Like, and then eventually, because I worked during the Wii. Oh, fucking. Anyways, worked during the Wii one. Like, can this play GameCube games? I don't know. Eventually, I had to say, like, I don't know because, like, this seems to be a newer model, but some of them don't have that ability. And so, fuck if I know until you open it and play I, the I, game. I, I just, it, it frustrates me so much. Because Microsoft, I feel like, doesn't get enough credit for the fact that they're making just everything just work. Hey, all those things that you used to complain about video game systems not doing, they're doing it. They're doing it now. Like, they're setting the bar. And I get it. The beginning of this generation was bad for them. but Yes, extremely bad. Don Matrick did terrible. Don Matrick's the guy who also thought the Kinect was going to be big. and um... Yeah, no. Not so much. You know, maybe just because they've had positions of power. Positions of power. Because he. Wow. What a clusterfuck. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any more news, truthfully. Um, EA, the, the reason why I brought up Joseph Ferris earlier is that he's got a new game coming out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, um, I think he, he would do better. He obviously understands. He understands how to tell tell a story. I don't want to be too harsh on the guy. He's not the worst writer ever. And he obviously loves movies. But he excelled when the characters didn't speak. And I hope that he understands that that is a very good talent to have. To understand visual language. To tell a story. And I hope he does something along those lines. I know he won't. I have one more piece of news for you. And you can file it under no shit. But apparently NetherRealm is hiring for a PS5 and Xbox Series X Injustice and Mortal Kombat games. Good to note. Uh, Xbox, PlayStation, uh, Steam, and the original Injustice is free. Is it free as of this going live, though? I thought it was just the weekend. Well, fuck if I know, Ken. If you're listening to this in the past, Injustice is free. Hey, if you're listening on Monday, maybe check. Maybe it's still free. I don't know. It might be if you listen. Well, you know what? If you enough. if this goes, yeah, I was gonna say this usually goes out in the morning. And if you listen to this early enough, they usually change over. Xbox is a little weird, but like PlayStation doesn't move over, and Steam doesn't move over till about one p.m. Eastern time. It was a really cool announcement, and then I realized I already own that game on every platform. So I <laughs> had the PS3 version got rid of that because I had the PlayStation 4 version with um, all the DLC. Yeah. And I was like, well, 
I don't have that anymore because I don't have Plus. So I just downloaded, I added that to my cart. I would have added the Xbox version, but it's just a 360 version. So, yeah, but it has all the DLC and it's backwards compatible. Yeah, it's backwards compatible, but it doesn't look as nice. No, it doesn't. So the PS4 version like, looks PS4 better. Version. The, P- the PC version looks the best. Yeah, but I'm not playing a fighting game on my PC. No, I'm not either. Even though I have a controller hooked up. I have all of the versions, so I didn't need to pick it up. All right, we got an email from a Chad. He says, howdy crew, it's been a while since I wrote in. I have to admit, I almost send an email every week, but because my mind isn't what it used to be. Uh, as a 39-year-old husband and father, I come up with ideas throughout the week I want to talk about, but completely forget them by the time Sunday rolls around. Boy, I know that feeling all too well. But yeah, I was going to say, listen to me in this podcast. I was making a point, stopped it. I'm 28. Don't feel bad. There's just too much constantly competing for my attention as a father to retain a thought that pops into my head. With that being said, happy Father's Day to Ken and Ryan. Thank you, sir. And John. Yeah, that's right, John. John, John, John. Uh, Here's the one thing I was able to remember. And Drew, let's just get that rumor started. Drew, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, his Twitter feed's going to blow up. Yeah, I wish Drew... wish drew a happy late father's day when they hear this. oh lord uh xbox's combination <laughs> xbox's combination of smart delivery and their policy on no generation exclusives for the first two years is definitely pro-consumer but does it put them in a pickle with third-party developers Microsoft's no exclusive for two years policy forces all studios to potentially de- develop and optimize their games for multiple versions if they want to launch on xbox even if smart delivery is an optional for publishers, you know companies will be vilified if they don't utilize it. Seems like that puts third-party developers and publishers in a difficult position. Smart delivery potentially undercuts profits from double-dipping. More overhead costs are required if developing for multiple console iterations. These policies could cause publishers and studios to lean towards a PlayStation-only release or timed exclusivity. But then they have loss of profits from not releasing on multiple platforms. In all fairness, the no exclusives for two years policy is also not that big of a deal because most publishers seem to push for cross-generational platform releases that time frame anyway. However, the combination of that policy, smart delivery, and the baked-in backward compatibility for this generation seems a bit much for non-first-party developers to swallow. Just curious as to your thoughts on the business side of these pro-consumer policies. I mean, those are all really good points that I've not really thought of. Um... Yeah. I don't know. I, I I feel like he's right in saying that most publishers are still going to put their games on these old consoles, because let's be fair, what? I think Rise of the Tomb Raider was yeah, the high, big last big release for 360. That yeah. Like and, two years into the, the Xbox One. And I mean, that, that's still, like, he's right in, you know, how many PS4s are out there, how many Xbox Ones are out there. Like, that's 150. Yeah, 150 million consoles of possible sales. Cause not Tony a- Hawk Pro Skater was on PS... Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, 2, and 3, I think, are on N64. 1, 2, 3, 4 on PS1. 3, 4 are on PS2 and Xbox and GameCube. And 2 and 1 showed up as a collection on Xbox. They were supporting... And then they were releasing Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color ports, too. Like, they were on everything. So, I, I mean, you know... I don't think that's crazy to think that multi-plat stuff would exist still. But he's right about the double dipping, which is not something I thought about before. We talk about 
these new consoles and, and and it almost gets lost in that conversation that you just assume everybody's going to buy one at launch. Hardly anybody's going to buy one at launch. Because they're not going to be available. Well, not only that, but it's there's just not people are not going to go out and spend five hundred dollars when their console they bought four years ago still works perfectly fine and all the games are there. I you know, I think the only thing I can think of is a I don't think developers plan on double dipping as much as maybe that would be an evil genius plot. Um, it, see that does that makes me think more about it. Maybe maybe that is a part of their plan. I. I I feel like they because everything's kind of like a PC now anyways like this would have been a, a, a that would probably would have been a better conversation like PS2 and 3 right where it's very different architect architecture but yeah. like now what we're playing on is mostly PC stuff like x86 architecture so yeah so they're building this on a PC if it's got a PC port, which a lot of this stuff does nowadays anyways, um, they have all those assets, right? Like, they have the texture drops and stuff, so it's not like they can't optimize for what's basically just old PC hardware. It's, it'd be different if they had to develop for a, a very different console. And I mean, you saw that especially with, like, the 360 and PS3 games that were also ported to the Wii, which the Wii version was generally very different uh, to the point where sometimes they were better games, but it was just, um, you know, like the Ghostbusters game, like the on paper, one just looks like a cartoony version, but they're very different games when you get down to it because they were had, they couldn't just port it straight. They couldn't just drop the textures and stuff. They had to, you know, make a new game from scratch and that doesn't really happen anymore. So I feel like it's probably easier for them to just make the game once, have the settings, and then just be like, yeah, you still have the game in your account, so you just get, you know... Like, I'm assuming the size is going to probably be the same for all these games, right? And then it's just turning the options on internally behind the scenes. Well, the way Xbox did it, at least between the Xbox One and Xbox One X, is like their system is smart and knows what to download. So if you just have the old console, they don't download the the 4K stuff. That's smarter than the PlayStation version. Well, that's why they call it smart delivery, Anthony. Well, what the (laughs) fuck is PlayStation's version? Stupid ass Um... delivery? Seriously. (laughs) Get a second job and buy a PS5, Anthony. something it's it, sorry i don't think it was something to work i don't think it was get a second job uh from that was my ps3's motto no right? but i think they i think the the actual quote was like we view this as aspirational and that people oh, that will was, get a yeah, second job it was aspirate you will aspire oh fuck it was ps5 oh fuck he, you. That's, yeah he said oh. the aspirational <laughs> comment the ps3 was you'll want to get a second job to oh you want you're okay you're right yeah all right well it's still terrible that's all terrible marketing you will aspire to find a way during a pandemic and the highest unemployment rate in history to wiggle your way to six hundred dollars. You will to buy. absolutely look up a way to make math in your basement. <laughs> what if I just remaster meth? Can I sell it again? <laughs> fifty dollars on switch. Yeah, fifty dollars on switch for meth. The uh, the, definitive, uh, <laughs> the definitive, uh, <laughs> HD, <laughs> HD remaster that's not an HD. HD. 
you won't be able to tell if that's HD Rumble or you just getting the shakes. You just getting the shakes, man. Government come take your baby. Oh god damn it. Government come take your baby edition. <laughs> that's definitely being released by THQ though. <laughs> the re the re methoning. Um... <laughs> See if you stuck around this long for the show, you got the I good get jokes. Gold like that, yeah. You get the good jokes. You get this deep in the show. Holy shit! Uh, to the Twitter, cozy guest. We don't have a whole lot of tweets, which is good because the show's already super long. Um, cozy guest says, "I had this crazy dream that KFC were planning to enter the gaming industry with a KFC console. It was 4K, 120 FPS, and even had a chicken chamber to store." And keep your chicken nice and hot. Phew, that's a good thing. That was a dream. Wait, what? And then he posted a picture of the KFC console. Yeah, they're... You know, I don't know what piece of shit they bought from China to slap their name on, but I'm sure that is a thing that's coming. You know what? It's got 11 herbs and spices. Controllers look like double downs. Oh yes, and they're they're greasy, man. They're dripping. Oh, they're always greasy. They always have grease on them. They're always they're always uncomfortably warm and a little bit sweaty because they've been sitting out. You know, <laughs> they probably have they probably have less fingerprints on them though than uh, the uh, oh, PS3 yeah. Piano Black edition. Uh. So Chad has a question on Twitter. He says, "So." The Last of Us 2 has a 95 reviewer score and a 3.7 user score. Sure, that checks out. <laughs> My thoughts on that, Noam. Metacritic's user reviews are, are, are a bad place. Um, also, a 95 for Last of Us 2 is um, that's something. Sometimes I feel like even though I've been criticized for having bad taste, I have better taste than some. And I'm not trying to shit on people that like Last of Us and that's their favorite game. But the amount of people for that to be the fucking average, I'm like, guys, come on. You you, you get games all the time. The thing you're going to herald. Uh, uh, I forgot Final Fantasy VII Remake came out this year. That's what, that's what kind of year 2020 has been. Yeah, 2020 feels like it's every month is a new year. It's crazy. Like I was thinking the other day, I was like, I should probably start looking at my top 10 games of the year. Oh shit, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out Mine's this Streets year. Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage came out this year. And I'm just like, Fuck. That was an easy one for to remember for me because I was soundtrack quite a bit. Still, there are so many games that came out this year yeah. that I don't even remember came out this I year. I hate to say this though, I feel like this year's kind of. This like, year like, is. It's yeah. not, no, it's not, it's like, I know, I know we're in that transition year, but like, compared to last year, where like. I, I have a feeling that Ghosts of Tsushima might be yeah, in my list. That's, that's that game looks pretty freaking right. You know what game I, okay, so here's, here's a prediction for you. You know what game I want to be in my top 10, but as of right now, I don't know that it will be? Halo More Infinite. Com- Oh, yeah, I forgot that was coming. I thought you were going to say Mortal Kombat uh, Aftermath, and I was going to have to tell you that doesn't No, change. that's not a game. That's an expansion. Yeah, you say that, but we've had this conversation now, so when it comes to the end of the year, when you inevitably bring it up. Overwatch is my game of the year. Oh. Four years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> 
unless Overwatch 2 manages to sneak its way out this year, then maybe I can. Uh, that ain't happening. They just canceled um, their BlizzCon, so I mean, really. I know, but I mean, new consoles launching this year? I feel like they'd come a little later to the party. I, I don't know why, but... Uh, I'm just saying that whenever it comes out, you know that's it. Yeah, I know. Could you imagine if that came out the same year as Mortal Kombat 12? Your head would explode. Your body would try to separate into two. Like it's I think I'd have to quit. I think it, I'd have to quit numbering my top ten list because it would be unfair. I'd want to like, see them scrap it out for one. It would be. Um, it would be like those stupid Twitter things where they show you twenty games and like you can only pick three. I'm like, fuck you! I can have yeah, all so, of them. Somebody was like showing that with movies the other. <laughs> Seriously, as someone that doesn't give a shit about half the franchises, this is super easy for me to choose. I just, I just think those things are so stupid. It's like, what? Why? Yeah, guess what? We live in a world where I don't have to worry about. So... Yeah, I don't. I don't need that. In fact, I can watch all of them back to back if I want to. Like that's, I shouldn't get too angry with The Last of Us stuff like that because, like, we live in a world where I don't have to play it. Yeah. <laughs> I can just turn it off. That's I fine. just know the effect that it's had on video games. By that, I mean Naughty Dog approach to video game making. So. Uh, John tweets at us and says, Happy Father's Day, guys. My family recently made s'mores for dessert, and instead of using plain chocolate, we used Reese's peanut butter cups, and good goddamn were they delicious. Is this John, what? our John? No, 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 no. Okay, thank God. He says, say, what kind? Co- <laughs> well, no, because like, I'm like, this motherfucker's sneaking in Reese's, pieces, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups because like they're not easy to find in the UK, apparently. Reese's cups or not? Yeah, like I'd probably murder somebody. They they apparently well, they they pulled off on a lot of American sweets and they're a little bit harder to get. I'm sure you can easily find them, but like they're just not everywhere. They're not ubiquitous like they are in Canada and U.S. I was gonna say, motherfucker, I have a bag of Reese's cups in my house constantly, <laughs> all times. There will always be Reese's cups in my house. <laughs> He said, the, his question is, what common food slash snack do you like to change up to fit your taste? I've got this one. I, I know my thing. You're going to weirdest... you're gonna have to go first because I, 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 I'm probably too plain for this. Uh, so, okay. A lot of people put French fries on their burgers, right? On their burgers? Yeah, so you take the burger part, you put your French No, like I do a this lot of people me... don't do that. Well, I mean, they, Burger King even made a sandwich that you could that, have. That's great. Again, KFC has a fucking had a burger where the buns are chicken. I'm gonna tell is... you, but that that's just that's a common thing people do. I'm gonna give you an uncommon one. So, this was one of my favorite things to do. This takes a lot of effort, by the way, because you got to go to two different restaurants. Oh, this is, these are always my favorite. <laughs> so you go to Arby's. And you get a couple regular classic roast beef sandwiches. Then you go to McDonald's. Get the and you fries. get you get a large fry. Because Burger King or uh, Arby's only has the fucking curly fries, you know. I need straight fucking Idaho potatoes for this. You get the fries at McDonald's, you come home, you take the sand you take the buns off the roast beef sandwich. You put the fries in the bun. You roll it up like a taco, and you just eat the roast beef one slice at a time, 
and you take a bite out of the French fry taco. What the absolute fuck, <laughs> Ken? I th- I was building up for something way more exciting than that. <laughs> it's and weird, I was like, though. Oh, wait for this heart-stopping thing, and then I was like, all right, well, this is just eating it like you're autistic. I don't know, like, what the fuck you're doing. You're going through a lot of work. <laughs> you know what? Probably the most mediocre tasting shit. You're like, it tastes really good. I'm like, yeah, well, McDonald's fries generally do. I mean, it's it's it, there's something about the eating it that way that is delicious. I, I can't. I put French so I put French fries on my McDonald's burgers. Only the little like the single cheeseburgers. I take the bun, the bottom bun off, put the fries on the bottom bun, stack it back on, eat it that way. It's a very weird thing. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do. But I'm not like. I. I, I you're eating the same. Like I'm, I'm not judging anyone. It's just that's very weird. Yeah. To I, I've actually. So here's another thing I've done. Like I have a lot of these. I'm just telling you. I used to oh, take go on. Lay's potato chips, just plain the yellow bag Lay's potato yep. chips, two pieces of bread. <laughs> I put the chips on the bread. Put the other piece of bread on top of it, crush it so that the chips are crushed up, and have a potato chip sandwich. I used to take... I was hoping that there would actually be some food in between those two slices of bread that wasn't potato chips. I was like, that, oh. that's pretty normal. And then you're just like, yeah, so I just eat salty chips between two fucking I like slices to put- of white bread. I like That's... to put side items on my food, so here's another one. I yeah, but I, a... I understand the side items on your food, but you just told me that you ate just a plain fucking chip sandwich, which is so fucking weird. Ken. All right, I'll give you a couple more. So, oh god, you take a you take a fish, like a fillet of fish, like the long bun. So it's like a hoagie bun, mm-hmm, kinda. Yeah. You deep fry some French fries. You put them on there, and then you spread cheese on top of that, and you make a French fry cheese sandwich. That's, That's almost uh, poutine in a bun. It's, 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 I like it. It's good. Uh, I guess you're missing the gravy. Whatever. Yeah. I like okay. to make sandwiches out of everything. So here's another sandwich I used to have. It was a ham, cheddar cheese, and hot fries. How about... I um, I have no response to any of this. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you, man. Reese's cup cereal, Reese's what do they call it, Reese's puffs, yep, 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 yep. and cheddar string cheese. Not together. You eat them yes. together, but you're not putting one on the other, right? Well, no. You take you handful of you know a spoonful of Reese's puffs, and then you take a bite of the. Uh, so the only cheese. thing I can think of that I do sort of is like I cook chicken wings, right? So I have them in like a hot buffalo sauce and then I follow it straight up with ice cream. Oh, that's not weird. Yeah. That feels like I'm, it feels, that's probably the weirdest thing I do. I have texture issues so like I'm, but you do too so that's weird that you can do all this shit and then like because mine like don't mix the textures. I don't know. Why. Oh, I mix. I, I mix all kinds of stuff. Um, but I'm. But what's funny is I'm very picky about my food. So here's an interesting food way to eat. So when I eat a hamburger, I eat the outside first. Like I eat around the outside, like in a circle. I eat. 
I eat like all but one side first. I literally just I take a bite out of around like in a circle, like all the way around, and then I eat the middle. This is actually OCD. You realize that? Yeah, I've been told. I've told. I've said that for years. People are yeah, like, I'm you just, don't I'm have true doubling OCD. down and making sure you totally understand. I have. I've claimed I've had it for years, and people always no. Like, I'm. I'm, 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 I'm not a doctor. <laughs> some weird OCD stuff because I have a feeling you'd have a mental breakdown if you couldn't eat your hamburger the right way because that's so specific. Yeah, I mean, I have eaten it other ways, and it yeah, so, but it bothered you the entire time. It doesn't bother me because the only time when I do that is when like I get a burger and it's kind of a shitty burger. Like the middle is always the better part. So it's already yeah. ruined. Yeah, the burger's already ruined, so I just go ahead and eat the middle part. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. All right. I'm so boring I, when it comes to food. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> I'm boring with what I eat, but I'm not boring in the way that I eat it. Yeah, clearly. Wow. I. That's what I mean. Well, I'm boring in the way I eat, what I eat and how I eat it, I suppose. Um, yeah, I'm very weird in how I eat. I will give everybody a hint, though. You got to get some hot sauce and you got to get the popcorn chicken from Walmart. You cook that shit in the oven. And you take a little bucket and you pour hot sauce in it, throw all those popcorn chicken inside, toss that shit around and eat it. It's fucking. I found a new snack recently that I'm really enjoying is like um, at my local supermarket, they have these cheese filled pretzel logs. Okay. Those are really good. I like those a lot. I cook them on my pizza maker. I have a pizza maker. I don't have a toaster oven yet. I need to buy a toaster oven. I get that air fryer toast driven that Ryan suggested. I I saw the price on that though, and I'm not ready for that commitment yet. <laughs> gotta work our way into that sort of. Well, it's expensive, but like things like work that, we gotta gotta work our way into that relationship. Yeah, that's like 150 dollars, and like, I'll tell you what, like this weekend. So you want to know what I got myself for Father's Day? I don't know. Do I? I bought. I had to. It was. It was a you have to pay for this kind of thing. You ever notice when you have money, like shit just breaks. Yeah. So, I have to buy a new motor for our air conditioning unit. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Yeah. You get you get an air conditioner that won't break through the summer. I was yep, trying to think if I had any other works. weird. Yeah, I was trying to think if I had any other weird f- food things. I have a lot. I'm just trying to remember any of them. Did I? I mean, I do the pizza thing. Like, if you get like a mini pizza, you wrap it up like a taco. But I think a lot of people do that. Yeah, and that's just and that's not adding foods together. That's just how you eat it. Um, again, I'm very plain. Wow, this is just doubling down on the fact that I. I the most boring person when it comes to food. Um, I used to. <laughs> I don't like salads. But my mom would be like, you have to eat greens, right? And so, like, I could eat lettuce plain, but um, romaine lettuce plain is one of the worst things. I was going to say, I, lettuce to me just tastes like Iceberg lettuce, well, iceberg lettuce is absolutely just paper, which is the stuff you usually get in sandwiches. Um, But like a little bit of spinach leaves or romaine lettuce, they have a little bit more flavor. 
um, spinach leaves especially, but like romaine lettuce actually has a flavor to it that isn't just crispy water. Um, and so I would put mustard just on that. That's probably the weirdest thing for me. I like to put mustard on potato chips. You beat me again. All right, that's fine. Uh, just You just reminded me because you said mustard. And I'm like, I used to take Lay's potato chips, pour a little bit of mustard on a plate, and then just dip the potato chips in the mustard. It is a condiment, I suppose. I, I mean, I it would taste like french fries, I guess. Yeah, it's, that's the it's, way you like your french fries I don't like mustard on my french fries I that's like ketchup weird. that's weird then yeah. it's like, at least that makes sense like it's potatoes and mustard and... so mustard is very much a turkey sandwich or potato chips for me I can eat it on a burger I, I kind of prefer not Like I can take it either way I can put it on a burger I can not put it on a burger it don't matter but if you put it on the burger you're not eating the I'm not eating what? Not I'm not. You're not eating it the outside first. <laughs> the bread. No, I totally, I totally am. I still eat it the same way, even if it has. Like if I go to Burger King, I don't like pickles. So if I go to Burger King, I get it with no pickles. It's got ketchup and mustard on it, and then I eat it I like the same way. A plain ass burger. I I prefer a plain That's cheeseburger. It. That's my jam. Not even cheese, just burger mustard. That's it. Uh, motherfucker, like... if you don't eat cheese, you're you're a bad person. Yeah, I don't eat cheese. Trust me, I'll save everybody the torture of my horrible indigestion after. Well, I, I get that some people can't eat cheese, but if you can eat cheese and you don't eat cheese, I a, believe you're. A, I I try to avoid cheese. Like if if there was a pizza that didn't suck that didn't have cheese on it, I'd probably avoid. It. But I want cheese on every. I want cheese does, on my fries. It, it's cause indigestion. It sucks. Lactose intolerant. Um, uh, yeah, that sucks. No doubt about it. But if I can't, if I can't have cheese, motherfucker, I'll kill somebody. I like cheese on just about everything. That should be the title of this episode. If I can't have cheese, I'll murder somebody. <laughs> wow. Motherfucker, I would take like just a block of cheese and just sit there with a knife and cut it and eat it. Yeah, okay, that's normal. What, you never done that? No, I said that's normal. You're saying Are you being that sarcastic? Like, no, I'm not. Okay, I thought you were being sarcastic. I was like, no. that's how much I love cheese. I just buy a block of, and I have to have the good stuff, like extra sharp cheddar. Ooh, mm. no, then I'm out. Mm. Ooh, extra sharp cheddar. Ooh, you know what? You know no what cheese mild, was? Mild cheddar. So I'm gonna tell this. This is funny. You don't live down here, so you probably don't know what this is. But when I was a kid, my grandmother used to get food from like the government. Like yeah. they would give you food. Because, you know, she was old, she didn't have a job, so they'd give her free food. And the joke in America, when you were poor when I was a kid, they would always say, you eat government cheese. Because they'd give you literally a big block of American cheese. Right, which is not really great content of cheese. No, but I will tell you this right now. My grandmother used to make me burgers with that government cheese, and government cheeseburgers are the best fucking cheeseburgers in my brain. <laughs> Sorry that I have. This is like brain. the weirdest dive into your psyche that I've. Oh wow! And this, I'm sure there's it's a lot. To... It's a long time ago. I can remember like my dad would go up there, he would cut her grass, and I would like go around and cut like the front yard grass, 
and then she would make me a government cheeseburger, and it was delicious. And it was like the epitome of old people. So, well, kids today probably don't understand the epitome of old people. So, but like she had a rotary phone. Yeah. She had a TV that had two knobs on it. I grew up with one of those. Yeah. Yeah, like that was my grandma. Was it the UHF and VHF? Yep. VHF. Yeah. So like that was my grandma's house, and it smelled like it had that smell. That must. Yeah, like in yeah. every single table had like a quilt on it, you know. Yeah, and the and and for some reason the entire time you're in their house, you swear you can see a haze. Yeah. That exists just that old. <laughs> it's like the every everything's somehow softer in this house. There's no harsh colors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a very specific old person house. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I like I like sitting here. I can feel it. You know, like yeah. I can go back there for a minute. It's weird. It's weird how like things will do that to you. But yeah, government cheeseburger. That should be the name of the episode. Yeah. Government cheeseburger. You want you want to know? Speaking of just food memories, um, I cannot open a pack of Oreos without thinking of Krusty Super Fun House. I mean, I understand that. There's a lot of foods that I can think about. Like, like... it's it's just, but it, it it takes me back. I know where I was sitting. I know where. It's just the smell of those, not even the taste. The smell of them. I remember playing crust. I can even tell you the part of the game. There's a level that's like out <laughs> a casino zone, and it's the bonus area. And at that point, you should have the ball power up that you can shoot. Like it is, it is so specific. Like, yeah, it just, for some reason, every time I have a pack of Oreos, boom, right back there. All right, well, we've rambled on long enough. Was that our only tweet? We had two. I read two. Okay, I didn't know if we had uh, more than that. I was just asking a question. Anyway, all this talk about food, though, it's... Hunger. I am hungry. And I can probably get somebody to go get me food today since, like, you know, it's Father's Day and all. And just be like, yeah, I should go get me some food so I don't have to leave the house. But anyway, if you want to tweet at us, I'll check Twitter one last time. Nope, nothing new. Uh, if you want to tweet at us, it's in 4G Podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, well, it's me. It's at ZTGD. Or you can follow the site as ZTGD Content. Also, as I mentioned at the outset of the show, we are now on, I already forgot the name of the service, Stitcher. Stitcher. So... We're out there. That should be live by the time you hear this. Uh, Phoenix Downs running Blood and Wine. I don't think they finished it yet. They're still playing that. Which fucked me up because he's gone back and forth between The Witcher and other games, and I fucked up the numbering. So I had to fix that this weekend. Uh, I think that's it. Podcast is etgd.com. That's an email address you can send us emails to. Tell me how I was wrong about the last one. Huh? Anyway, that's the show for this week. Unless anybody has anything else, we're going to get out of here. So peace out, bitches. Alrighty. And it goes something like this. This is going to be a very interesting episode.